attention. The movie guys love movies. Any comments about how there are too many sequels, especially to superhero movies? Nah, who gives a shit? Marriage equality! I could just picture all those fireworks being multiple colors of the rainbow. Ah, it's mm. good. Yes, that was very effective for audio comedy. The Onion. Yes. Dot com. Always funny. Always funny. Had that great uh, thing of any movie guy can get behind. The article that went out about how the four uh, justices who voted against marriage equality that was so funny. are going to see themselves in the future as villains in a movie. Yeah, it's <laughs> like an they, Academy Award winning yeah, movie. Award. The four justices have a sudden realization that they will forever be played as villains. Yeah. <laughs> this is fantastic. Oh. They did the same thing, I think, with the 9-11 hijackers who suddenly yeah. realized they were in hell. Yeah. Oh, being, oh, you know, anally raped by a fork-tongued devil. Oh, we were expecting virgins. and uh, Wait a minute. Oops. Sometimes you end up in the wrong side of history, folks. And sometimes you drop in the mic like uh, Ginsburg, right? Right. Uh, hey, Notorious RBG. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> welcome to the movie showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guy's empire. We got no food, got no jobs, our pets' heads are falling off. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with jokes, rants, sketches, characters, bits, special guests, and more as we broadcast from the Admirals Club in the heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone. They don't stop making movies, so we don't stop making comedy shows about movies, which means you can get a new show every week on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Vimeo, YouTube, Player.fm, TuneIn, and of course, themovieguys.net, absolutely free, and... We encourage you to subscribe yes, wherever Paul? you can. Leave uh, comments, rate things, mm-hmm. you know, share and like posts, all that stuff. And if you do, Karen, what would I charge for that? I think it would still be free. Still free. Free. You are mm-hmm. correct. Thank you. Uh, we're also also free on WBAD.net Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern. And iRise Radio, our second week on I this rise. new outlet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, iriseradio.com Fridays at noon. So a couple of internet radio stations where you can find our stuff and more stuff. All the and other programs. And iRise is I R I S E. Dot com. Radio. Radio. Dot com. Not E-Y-E. Correct. I'm just saying. It's like iTunes or... You know, I didn't make that clear last week. I wonder how many people went to E-Y-E Rise. Yeah, well, it's a whole different thing going on over there. To that guy. Yeah. Apologies. Well, I wonder how many people thought iRise was actually a porn site. That's Those people are psyched. Yeah, I thought about that. Or or <laughs> some people might have thought, hey, that it could be uh, sort of religious, right? Oh. oh. But then they went, oh, wait, it's the movie guys. Yeah, but then we're on there, so ah, we can't, no. yeah, there can't be too much going on that's... You know, uh, healthy for mind and body. Okay. Uh, listen, basically, here's what you do. You search the movie guys on Google, Bing, or <laughs> Yahoo, and we come right up. I'm your host for the hardest working comedy show on the airwaves, Paul Preston, here with Karen Volpe. What are you doing in the frozen food section? You could melt all this stuff. And Audrey Kearns. All those moments will be lost in time, like tears in the rain. Oh, very nice. Thank you. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Oh, What's that from? That's the great Audrey Kearns we're hearing. Audrey I didn't officially uh, say that uh, she was joining us from geekgirlauthority.com, co-hosting with Karen and myself today on a rare mm-hmm. daytime recording. So right. we have uh, half, ability, half availability of the usual movie guys and the great Audrey sitting yeah. there. I had to do a geeky quote to represent my website. There you go. So. What movie is that from? Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Have you seen that? Is that is I that don't think so. Oh, Karen, you got to. It's 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 cl- it's a great movie. 
Since we started doing this show, Karen's list of movies to yeah. see has grown, and she's getting <laughs> on it every once in a while. Every but sometimes once in it's while. tough. Like, you just tried to watch Jaws. Oh, my gosh. I looked everywhere, and then I realized that I, this is so sad. I'm not, how much of a movie guy am I? I was home trying to watch Jaws. I wanted to watch it on all. We, we belong to a whole bunch of pay sites. It was not showing on any of those. Netflix, and the ones, Netflix Amazon, Hulu, yeah. 0 for so, 3. Really? I went and I found it, but I would have had to pay two ninety nine. And I was like, no, I can't possibly <laughs> do that. And then, this is really how sad and pathetic I am. I didn't want to come all the way out here to the garage, unlock the garage, and go over here to the VHS tape of Jaws. <laughs> so I said, screw that, and I watched something else. But you're not going to muck your list fully, but surely. Yes. I did think about it, and I'm yeah. like, I don't feel like going all the way to the garage. You might like Blade Runner, and they're oh. talking sequel. What do you know about that? See, geekgirlauthority.com, Audrey's site, is really hip to the news. Like, we always claim that we're journalists first. We're not. <laughs> we're is. journalists last. Uh, but we put the news that Audrey prints on our website. So you can go to themovieguys.net and see links from Geek Girl Authority. Mm -hmm. There is a Blade Runner sequel coming, yeah? Yes, but I actually don't know much about that, so <gasps> I just ruined everything oh. that you... Oh. But I will tell you on... I don't uh, think there's much to know, though. Yeah, there, there isn't yeah. much to know. I will tell you, I don't know if you guys watch Orphan Black, that television show, this uh, past year, they actually had a shout-out to Blade Runner because they were doing... There's all these clones, and they're doing this test where they're looking into the eyeball of the clone, and it was just like the Voight Kampf test. From Blade Runner, uh, remember yes. that? Anybody? Anybody? If you could see what I see through your eyes, right? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, listen. Uh, we got lots to get to. As ever, we are uh, providing. You. Oh, I should mention later in the show. What? Stick with us. I am. This week's guest. How exciting! A filmmaker with numerous hats, composer, director, producer, and we're excited to have him here today because he is also co-writer mm -hmm. and editor of Bat Kid Begins. And get awesome. your tissues ready because this guy can make you cry like a, I don't know, a lunatic. Every time I watch stuff that he's done, I'm just like a friggin' mess. <laughs> I can't. Kurt Kenny, and I'm pronouncing it right. Let me reach, call back to the green room. Okay, I'm getting, <laughs> getting the thumbs up. Thumbs up from the green room. Movie guys, green room. I was just thinking earlier you said not only are we journalists first, I think we're also valets and sous chefs. Before we get to journalists. Or sous chefs, no question. For certain. Journalists is on the list. They're mm. very, 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 very low on the list. Uh, first, our signature movie previews. Now, prepping you for what's coming up in theaters this weekend. Uh, this week, Arnold Schwarzenegger Wait, wait, wait. Is... Let me guess. He is back. Yes. Well, I was going to say returning oh. to the big screen. But I see where you're going with that. Yeah, right? I guess back. Yeah, he's back is what you should say. Makes more sense. In Terminator Genesis, and the first movie since The Longest Ride that is also prepackaged with its porn parody <laughs> title, Magic Mike XXL. If this really is our last ride, what if we make up some new routine? This game is evolve or die. Mm -hmm. Are you ready to be worshipped? Are you ready to be exalted? What are we? We're like healers or something. Yes, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a bunch Sorry. of stuff going on in that. There is a lot happening there. <laughs> Magic Mike XSL. What, what's got you giggling, Audrey? such a funny what movie. What was that last night? Are you ready to be exalted? Yeah, no, but what he said. We're like, healers. We're healers. <laughs> what? <laughs> Have you ever taken in such a healing before? I've never taken no. in such a healing. No thunder from down under? No, I've never been to a, a fancy, fancy man no. show. Been to a skeezy one? That's not. I've been to a skeezy been to, one. I've been to either. It just doesn't do anything for me. Well, I I think I did it wrong, but um, I went to a skeevy one, but it was a 
Okay, so uh, we were getting married, and so my friend Jim, he didn't throw me a bachelorette party like a normal one. He went to what he knows. So he took me to this club in Chicago, which was a dance review show for gay boys. So they were all very pretty, and they were jumping around in, like, little pants and boots and stuff. Uh But they weren't straight. So it was hot for my friend. And can, then, can I say something dirty on oh, the, the showcase? We insist. Oh, why the hell not? <laughs> I used to, some of my best shows I've ever done, like improv shows or were variety shows at Southern Nights in Florida. It was a, a gay bar. And we would do like parody game shows and we would share a green room with the guy dancers. Yeah. yeah like five or six dancers. And they would dance around the bar with um, only a towel on, a towel mm-hmm. on their, their pee-pee. Yep. You know, and so they're... Um, wait, ma- wait, wait, wait. Just dangling? Yeah. Yeah. So, so and then the guys sit it down and they can look up. Yeah. And so the manager would come in and, and say, so you guys got five minutes, five minutes, get ready. And then you have to be out there. And so all the guys would line up at the mirror and start rubbing themselves to get themselves a little bit of an erection so they can hang Chub the out towel. out there. Mm-hmm. So they can hang, and then they would hang their towel. And they would walk out and go dance in the bar. See, it's important he gave him a couple of minutes. <laughs> I know, that's the thing. <laughs> Wait a second. That towel. I saw this with my own eyes. I was in that green room. But that towel does not stay there the whole night. Well, right? I, mean, I can only imagine two seconds in somebody's yanking that thing it's off. It's concentration. Right? I, I, I don't know. Maybe they're able to um, keep a level of excitement throughout their mm-hmm. whole job um, mm-hmm. set. <laughs> you got to like your job. You got to like your job. To maintain the excitement. Uh, yeah. Our guest is like, mm, I was going to have people listen to Oh, he's to way this back show. in the green room. Yeah. He can't. This, only... this isn't the show I signed this up for. This is what I signed up for. It's the direct opposite of Bad Kid Begins. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> Uncomfortable. All right, listen. Uh, well, we want to talk about Arnold because he's he's back, as we mentioned. But before we do that, let's talk about Magic Mike Ooh, XXL. Ooh, okay. Uh, let's keep going on that riff because it's kind of fun. Yes. This is one of those titles that has me wanting to play another round of... Guess What It's About! <laughs> so let's guess what it's about. The title is right. Magic Mike okay. XXL. Right. It's a sequel. We know that much. Uh, what else can we guess about uh, what could be uh, going on in this um, film? Let's see. Roundtable. Any thoughts? Wait, I'm going to say it has something to do with condom size? XXL? <laughs> po- possibly. It's, possibly. Well, it's rated R, so right. probably not. It would need to be like an NC-17. Audrey? Um, I am going to say that it's uh, three years later. Magic Mike is retired. Uh, he is out of shape and opens a chain of big and tall men's stores. That sounds good. Clearly mm. you haven't seen the posters. Karen? <laughs> Who cares what it's about? There's men and they're nakedish. It's going to be yummy. Yummy. You know, that's probably the closest right? we've come to actually getting something right when we play Guess What It's About. So you you know what? You win. You get well, to preview it with me. All right. Let's so talk lucky. about Magic Mike XXL. Right. Here we go. Yes, Magic Mike is back, along with all of his muscular buddies. Let me see here. I have all their names right All here. right. Mm-hmm. Slab Bulkhead. Right. Fridge Large Meat. Hunt mm-hmm. Speed Junk. Butch Deadlift. I think that's them. <laughs> Dry Hump the movie is about a bunch of male strippers who load up a bus to make one more run or heist or, or score or grind one last lap or one last ball sack. Look, I don't know what the hell they're doing in this movie, but all I can say is I'm glad that they're finally all going to be able to get married at the end of the movie. Now, it seems that Mike, played by Channing Tatum, and his crew are in some sort of contest where the Ooh. guys have elaborate routines. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. What? Channing Tatum? crew. Mm-hmm. I think this is a sly way for Warner Brothers to release its own step-up movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Channing Tating. Tating? Channing Tating? Channing Tating? That's what everybody calls him. <laughs> what everyone's calling him. He's back and he's in stellar shape. I'm pretty sure I even saw sparks fly out of his penis in the trailer. And his washboard wow. abs are fresh off a tour from Mumford & Sons. 
pretty sure he was actually welding or something. Anyway, <laughs> according to the poster, I saw what I saw, Paul. According to the poster, the film also stars Matt Bomber, of course, who on the poster looks just like Mitt Romney. Take a look at this. I know we're, <laughs> we're, we're an audio good. show mostly, but it's true. It, it, it if that, true. And, and then it weirds me out in the entire idea. Well, that's movie. good though, because then you can get all the audience, Republicans and Democrats. Mm. Film also features, according to the poster, mm-hmm. Kevin Nash's two, 2015 head yes. on Kevin Nash's 1999 body. <laughs> Why not? Women get to do it. Men should do. The first Magic Mike movie was a little darker in tone. What with the explicit drug use and promiscuous sex. But Magic Mike XXL is more of a fun romp, which prompts me to ask, has there ever been any unfun romps? Well, I don't think so. Let's get to the let's get the gang back together for one more romp. What do you say? Hey, that sounds fun. See? Who doesn't like a romp? <laughs> Feels like this movie should be sponsored by Valtrex because something is being passed around like herpes in this movie. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't really watching the trailer that closely to figure out what that joke should be. But the important thing here is that I mentioned herpes in relation to a movie about male strippers. And that really should be enough, right? <laughs> With ornate costuming and intricate dance routines, Magic Mike XXL once again proves that when it comes to eroticism, women are a little more advanced than the male species. Women don't even like male strippers, right? They like female strippers also. Male strippers are disgusting, right? You know? Male strippers like, here comes the doctor of love. Cowboy Bill, yeehaw, bang, bangity bang, bangity bang. You don't need that when women are stripping. We're content with, all right, welcome to the stage, another naked woman. (laughs) Of course, a great friend of the show, Michael Gelbart. A magic mic unto himself. He is magical, all right. He spoke truth. Mm. Yes, he spoke truth. And hey, ladies, it's not that most American guys are scared by how buff and good-looking Channing Tatum and the other dancers are. It's just that most men with dad bods can't relate. Unless you're showing the full Monty, and then all bets are off. <laughs> with five movies in the last two years, the great thing about Channing Tatum is that if you don't like the Channing Tatum movie you are currently watching, you can just go out to the lobby of the theater and go to the theater next door and watch that Channing Tatum movie. Yes, you can. <laughs> Chances are Jupiter Ascending probably left the theater <laughs> by now. Well, but you never know. You never know. Well, that's exciting. Is it? Are we supposed to say? Magic Mike XXL, or are we supposed to figure out is what it's 70? Is that what it is? No, the Roman numerals don't apply to this, I found out. Oh, <laughs> it really well, I'm big is. big on Arabic numerals. I was taking yeah. a guess at, uh, at the. Because uh, would that be The X- Roman numerals. No, but that's not L a L is 50. And then, yeah, and then but two then X's the- is 20, so it's like 70, but it's not. It's not. In that order. We're not well. the math guys. <laughs> I don't think right. the strippers are the math guys either. So Channing Tatum, so I, he, I would say he's the next big thing, but he's kind of the the right now thing, isn't he? I think so. Yeah, I, I mean he's he's had a really great year. The Twenty One Jump Street movies are making mm-hmm. bank yeah. out and getting greenlit for new ones. And then what was the wrestling? Foxcatcher. That was great. He Oscar was really great. And I thought he was actually deserving of a nomination. We didn't get a nomination. No, really. that's true. That Everything went to Mark Ruffalo, I believe, mm-hmm. who was also great. But, right. but Channing Tatum was really good. The yeah. whole the trio was great though. Yeah, yeah, and that was a really great stretch for him because he was actually acting. I felt like he yeah. wasn't relying just on his good looks. Didn't it make you sick? Good looking and box office and and he can act. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like Justin Timberlake. When I saw him host Saturday Night Live, I was like, I want to hate you so much, and I can't because you're really funny and you're really good. Ah, uh, how annoying. I think Chris Pratt's in that area now too. Yeah, He's just like what can't you do? <laughs> Come on.
Yeah, and he's not just like got himself into shape. He like got himself into like ridiculous shape, like superhero yeah, shape. Yeah, he's obviously. not just I slimmed yeah. down, but yeah, he's total uh, superhero yeah. shape. I remember when I saw the Magic Mike movie the first time, and I saw it in a theater, and it was a lot of fun. You really root for the guys, and you really want them to be awesome, kind of like the full Monty. I really rooted for them, even though they were all a bunch of normal guys. These guys are all pretty and stuff, but they're, it was funny to see them be insecure and a little worried about things, and then they come. They have this whole journey where they have to become you know, stronger and better. Well, yeah, about that. And there was a bunch of drug use in it, and yeah. there was like a fall that the heroes had, mm-hmm. and, and then a, a re-rise to the top, but we're, to where we're left at the end of the first movie... Spoiler, uh, coming I guess. Where uh, did you say coming just to be dirty? Hello, that that would be the marketing <laughs> campaign for this movie. Like every Hi. other line uh, from their uh, hashtags to their poster. In Ted too, it's all about coming, and he's it's goes big back. Now. Coming's big now, <laughs> apparently. Uh, but he ends up with Brooke, his girl, yeah. at the end. Right, he lets go the the life to be with the girl. Apparently, something bad happened. Because he's back. He's back. So I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. that kind of sucks to take away the happy ending we were. Yeah. She was there eating. you go again. Right? Happy ending. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just a perv. <laughs> I'm a perv. You can't help but be a perv of these movies. But what I like about these movies is when when I saw... This franchise. This franchise wow. of movies. When I, uh, when I think about this kind of movie, I think of, again, like the Full Monty. And I saw the stage show of the Full Monty at the Amundsen when it came through town. Audrey, there's nothing more fun than sitting there with a bunch of old ladies. I mean, these women, they're theater-goer ladies, so they're the, the gray hairs, uh-huh. and they're sitting around me, and at the end, when the guys come out to do their dance, these nuts. crazy old women were standing up. Nuts. They were, <laughs> these are the women you need to go to a strip club with. They were screaming and carrying on, and you get that same kind of excitement in Magic Mike movies. But I you like also it. get it coupled with... Soderbergh at the helm. Right. Who now can he tell did, a story like nobody's business? Yeah, and he didn't direct this one, though, but it's directed by his AD for years. Oh, so that bodes well. Oh, cool. Yeah, taking the helm. Gregory Jacobs. Yeah. Oh, good for him. Or his cinematographer. No, I think it's his AD. I'm never Either against way. seeing men jumping around looking good. Why is that bad? I didn't say no. Who, say, who said? I'm just saying. They're, if they want to make one of these every couple of months, feel free. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Hey, it's it's no it's no strip. Wait, what is that one with Nomi? It's better than that movie. Uh, Showgirls. Showgirls. It's no Showgirls. Showgirls. Okay. In fact, I'm just checking. And now that I think about it, and I and and I haven't yet till now. You haven't thought thought about about it. The best stripper movies of all time. Strip tease is great. With Demi Moore. She nailed it. Her strip tease was great. Come on, she was like forty something when she did that. Yeah, it's also based on a really good. Talking about the movie. What? The striptease? Yeah, yeah it's, it's based really on a book. I forgot. It's a movie, oh, I isn't it? Well, Andrew Bergman made the film, who was great. He had lost freshman, but this yeah. was, I, I don't recall remembering. What do you have a problem with striptease for? I just think Magic Mike's a better movie. <gasps> I'm thinking that, I'm wondering if Magic Mike is the greatest stripper movie of all time. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Let's go count? see it. Are you going to go see this with me? I'm probably. Why? <laughs> movie Pass. I have Why? Movie because you, have movie you can. No, I don't, know. I don't oh. even know what Movie Pass is. Movie it's Pass. awesome. Dot com. It's Netflix for the theater. You pay one price. You can go to as many movies as you want for the month. And you in have the to. See, you have twenty four hours between when you see the movie and then when you can see the next one. But you could see a movie every day for the month. Well, that yeah. sounds really neat. It's kind yeah. of amazing. And it's like thirty five bucks here in L A. It's cheaper in, in smaller cities. I mean, that's like one 
trip to the movie is 35 bucks. Yeah. Right. yeah. By the time you pay for parking in LA and you yeah. see the movie. And, and our thought is eat. normally whenever you have a budget, you, you know, you can only really see one movie a week because it is like $35. Yeah. But you'll go to the one movie that you really want to see, like Jurassic World or something. However, these other movies are going to be able to be seen now because you'll go, you know what? I saw Jurassic World yesterday, but I might go see Ted 2. Why? Because I can. Because you can. Because you can. Hashtag. Mm-hmm. And it's really hot in the valley. <laughs> and, and you want some air conditioning. Right. Every <laughs> damn day. Every day. <laughs> yes. But no, that's what people say. I don't go to that many movies. Well, that's because you can't. But when, but you, when can, you can, you do. You so go. I will see Magic and Mike. And that's Project when 6. you're going to end up seeing Magic Mike. And that's when you're going to end up seeing, oh gosh. Uh, <coughs> All right, I'm not going to see Dolphin Tail I was too, just going to try to think of something really bad. <laughs> see and that's also everything. a great write-off. Oh, too. for sure. Yeah, yeah. You guys do the movie, guys. That's mm-hmm. right. So it's a write-off for you, you guys. You need to see these yeah. movies every day. All right, well, let's get on to the next big film oh, of the we July 4th weekend. It's Terminator Genesis. The yeah, that's not the kind of Genesis wait, we're wait. talking about. Right. Woo, that's my favorite Enough part. of that. All, All right. right, Audrey, let's tell the people what to expect. All right, I guess we'll just have to deal with that. Uh, one of the best things about the first Terminator was that Arnold Schwarzenegger played the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And one of the best things about Terminator 2 Judgment Day was that Arnold Schwarzenegger played the good guy. Then there were two other movies where no one cared what he played. <laughs> but now, in the fifth Terminator, Arnold plays both the good and bad Terminator, and what? he fights himself. This is like answering the age-old question of whether or not God could make a rock so heavy even he couldn't lift it. <laughs> First Freddy versus Jason, now two Terminator Arnold squaring off. All that's left is the fabled Rambo versus Commando we always wanted. Live for nothing or die for something. Get to the chopper! I think we have our winner there. <laughs> Golden Globe winner Arnold Schwarzenegger returns as the Terminator at 68 years wow. old. Missing are Edward Furlong, Nick Stahl, and Christian Bale as John Connor, mm-hmm. and Linda Hamilton, excuse me, Linda Hamilton and Lena Hetty as Sarah Connor, the only actors who's aging in the franchise would make any sense. Mm-hmm. Once again, the future depicted in this Terminator movie reflects a society ravaged by the effects of government-recognized same-sex marriage. Wait, I'm sorry. Paul. I yeah. mean robot attack. Robot yeah, robot attack. attack. Stop that. The story feels like a sequel that's a redo of a remake, what we call a freaky dequel, in that once again, Kyle Reese goes back to 1984 Los Angeles to protect Sarah Connor. Naturally, John Connor is played by Australian Jason Clark, and Sarah Connor is played by Amelia Clark, who is British. Of course. Are they related? This, this totally says L.A. They're both Clarks, right? Oh, that's true. But they're from different countries. Oh, so they can't possibly be related if they're from different countries. Oh, right, good. I don't. Reese shows up. <laughs> Reese shows up naked in Los Angeles to the Excellent. general whatever of all its residents, as he attempts to straighten a crooked timeline and make things right. I'm gonna make it right tonight. Stop tonight. it! And all right already. <laughs> the movie also stars Kai Courtney because. Well, apparently that's something that happens every once in a while. Sure. Yeah. Then John Connor shows up as an adult in 1984, but Sarah suspects he may not be all he seems to be. Genesis, I think there's an automatic button that just goes up. And then, and then uh, there's another Terminator who looks like John Cho, but we can't confirm if it is. We also can't confirm if there's a Kumar Terminator. Regardless, <laughs> let's just go ahead and play a clip. I'm the Terminator. I'm the T-800. I'm a cybernetic organism. Human tissue of a metal endoskeleton. Please don't bump my selfie stick. 
<laughs> that might have been Arnold doing that charity video that went viral. Yeah. Did you see him at Madame Tussauds? No, I have not. Oh, it's the no. greatest he video. He went in dressed like Terminator mm-hmm. uh-huh. and just froze for pictures. People thought he was waxed. Then he'd go, hello. He Let scared. Me put my arms around really? you. He scared the pants off these women. It was. It but is, here's something, funny. Audrey, I will put out to you because I found this interesting. So Arnold's there. The women come up to get their picture taken with him. He moves. They freak out. But then when they see it's him, they immediately just throw themselves on him. Nobody's forgetting what happened with the maid or well, everybody's Maria. forgetting. They are, they're all forgetting <laughs> that. They just immediately like, we must hug him. And he's also super creepy because he goes, come in here for a hug. He's just getting <laughs> the women in there. He's, he's not full pumping iron. I mean, he's, he's a little no, less but than he's that. definitely making sure the ladies have the opportunity. He'll always be pumping iron. Arnold. Yeah, there's a little on. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see I him think... in that Magic Mike movie. Okay, easy does it. Oh. All right, let's uh, time travel. Let's get back to Terminator. Okay. Time travel plays an integral part in this movie, as it has in all the Terminator movies. The machine sent a Terminator back to the time before the war to kill my mother, Sarah Connor. The time John sent you to it no longer exists. Everything's changed. I don't want to talk about time travel. Because if we start talking about it, then we're going to be here all day talking about it, making diagrams with straws. <laughs> but it's really not about that. It's more about this. Okay, now here we go. This is, I believe, an unedited clip from the trailer. Right now. I know, right? I need some X. I'll be back. What? <laughs> I think that's what Bat Kids trailer sounds like. There's a lot of boongs in that. Not quite. Nah. Not quite. <laughs> you don't really need that whenever you have a good story. Well, let's talk about this. We mm-hmm. here at the movie guys love it when we can induct a new sound effect into oh, yeah. the boong hall of fame. And Terminator Genesis has, or perhaps brings back, a slurping sound. Remember the old slurping <gasps> yeah. sound yes. that is essentially a liquid Terminator yes. regenerating? Mm-hmm. Lovely. They mixed it in with a little boongy at the end. Right about here. There it is. Well, congrats, Metal Slurp. You get to stand tall next to the Transformers regeneration sound effect, which is pretty much unnameable. I- I'm going to say this because i got to represent Geek Girl Authority yes, once, once again. <laughs> That Linda Hamilton uh-huh. was yeah. recently, she's in a, a show on sci-fi called uh, Defiance, oh, is right? She? she plays a bad lady named Pilar. Of course. And anyway, so there's this scene at the end of the scene, she, she had just saved two of the main characters and she opens the car door and she turns around and says, come with me if you want to live. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, they did that. And also, uh, Lena Headey and Amelia Clark. Uh, both playing Sarah Connor, both from Game of Thrones. Right. Mm. Okay. Oh, I'm going to get to some Game of Thrones stuff in okay, a second. Okay, what about Matt Smith? certainly know way more than that. What about Matt Smith? You didn't mention Matt Smith. Is he in Terminator? He's in Terminator Genesis, the, uh-huh. ele- the 11th Doctor. He was from Doctor Who. I didn't know he was in Terminator Genesis. Well, yeah, he was in all the, he's been in all the press pictures. I don't know what he's playing. I don't know what he's doing. Well, look, but I've been, on, I've been on your show, and I think we established, if nothing else, on your show. I don't know anything about Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, I'm total, we did. I'm a total movie guy when it comes to that TV show. I think 25% of our interview is is 
Is you talk, asking, <laughs> asking me TV stuff? I don't know anything. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, we better end our preview right there because I have no idea how to work Abacab into a conversation. Well, thank you. <laughs> all right, that's it. That's it. That's all. Oh, right, I can't wait. Enough. Okay. Paul, I think you're taking this all too hard. Why did you have I couldn't help myself. All right, enough. All that's, that's Terminator Genesis. You couldn't guess. Genesis was part of that. Right. Let's Audrey. talk about. I want to talk about Game of Thrones for oh, okay. a second because okay. Amelia Clark is yeah, she's the Khaleesi, right? She's Daenerys, yeah. Yeah. The Khaleesi, and then uh, the mother of dragons. Again, I don't watch the show. Danny. I want to. I continue. I'm sorry. I Let's I, get her I full explanation. The, the rightful queen to uh-huh. Westeros, a Targaryen. Got it. <laughs> Should I keep going? <laughs> stop. Mother to three dragons. See, the thing is, when I get time to watch television. She rode a dragon this season. I heard. Yeah. Well, weren't we waiting like five seasons for dragons to show up? Yeah. yeah. But then someone on the internet took it and put her riding the dragon to the soundtrack for Neverending Story, <laughs> and it was say. hilarious. That's what I would do. <laughs> Paul, I just want you Why to know that whenever we're looking into, because Paul and I often watch TV shows together, and then whenever I'm not home or something, if you feel that you want to watch a show without me, this would be a perfect example. <laughs> See, this is a problem I have because I got to squeeze these shows in between. You're, you're home a lot when it's time to watch something like late at night. We're both mm-hmm. there. We watch. We just finished the fall. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, dark, oh, ugly one show. With, um, Jillian Anderson. With, oh, I was going to say Scully. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Jillian Anderson. Of course, you were going to say that. Girl. And of course, it's 50, really good. It's Fifty very Shades good. of Grey. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Jamie yeah. Dornan. Now that movie, I haven't seen that movie. I've only seen the poster, but uh, now it takes on a whole different thing for me after seeing him as such a creepy serial he looks killer. Like in Fifty Shades of Grey, he's probably playing the same serial yeah, killer. Yeah, <laughs> and I think he's going to kill that woman. So that's interesting because there's a true. lot of bondage going on in this. But yeah. then they die. They die. So yeah. unfortunately. So will the girl die in Fifty Shades? Right. And Maybe if she doesn't. She, I will be disappointed. I will be disappointed too. <laughs> Where was I going with this? We, oh, we oh, watch. Uh, so now. Now we're moving on to like I don't know, we watched the comedians the other day mm-hmm. we didn't we don't know what we're gonna do next and so I've dipped into Daredevil yes I got four Feel episodes free. into that yes. so far it's Very awesome good. Very yeah good. and I w- and it, it's interesting how that show is a movie I'm mm-hmm. watching a movie on TV but I watch Arrow like I don't know if you watch those shows as yes, well I do. that seems like I'm watching a TV show yeah it is but it I'm watching when I'm watching Daredevil I'm watching a movie yeah well, I mean it, it's it's quite you know there's so many factors for that i mean uh netflix i mean it's a totally different kind of experience because of language because of sex you know and you're watching arrow and the flash it is on the cw mm. so they have you know certain things that they you know all that kind of stuff and sure. um it's also a difference between i think in my opinion like what dc does for television and what dc does in their cinematic universe where marvel tries to everything is together if it's on tv or on screen, on a, in a film, it's all going to relate to each other. So, so that, although Agents of Shield, uh, you know, that does look like you're watching a TV show too. There's there you, there is a difference. So I, yeah. Yeah, but less of it, I think, as you go. On on uh, what? less overall. Like, I think Shield might be the only anomaly. Yeah. That's everything else is kind of. Yeah, but the um, Arrow and Flash, I think, are really really good though. Yeah. Yeah. Because right. yeah. I watched little clips and I went, why doesn't this yeah. look and feel like? I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of both. I was um I mean it's like I. Don't know if maybe you mean it's like reading a comic book as well, because I think um, Flash mm-hmm. and Arrow are a little more true to certain threads in the comic book. 
Yeah, know, especially just, the Flash. I just—it felt like a TV show. I think you kind of know. Yeah. It. That I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah. Okay. Except, it's just like uh, it's TV. Right. It's, you know, right. Maybe felt a little restricted. Didn't feel as cinematic. I no, I agree with you there. I mean, I mean the end of episode two or three, whichever one it was of Daredevil, they got that one long yeah. shot of the hallway fight. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've that's, got that's different kind. Go they have, they've got different kind of money. They've got different kind of um, a, like a mission, you know, where Arrow. And um, I think the Flash, I, I think their intention is to stay on TV until they're syndicated and they make lots of money. And, all, and Daredevil, um, I know they're having a season two, but they just have so much. With mu- Punisher. I think, yeah, with Punisher. With, J, uh, uh, with, with the guy John from uh, Wa- Wa- Walking yeah. Dead. Yeah, Who I love. Yeah, he's great. But I think they, um, they ha- I think the Netflix, they have a little more freedom to, like those fights. Like I, I think the fight choreographers should, should get so many awards they're yeah. just so intense but i don't think they would be able to do that on tv yeah you know it's just a different beast so i gotta get through all those before i get on a game of thrones right is my point now right. i get a lot of game of thrones news because i listen to the howard stern show <laughs> howard loves and game howard of cannot handle uh-huh. the lack of nudity yep. on the khaleesi's part and now I see why. She's trying to transition now into movie star and not want to be naked all the time. And that's very exactly what happened. Audrey, season your one, thoughts. Uh, well, season one, I mean, before she was a star, I, I think she showed her boobies. I'm not sure. But I do know, like, uh, season two, um, all the leads aren't showing any skin, all the female leads. So it's all body doubles. Like, that's spoiler, because I don't know if you guys are going to um, watch it. Like, um, Lena Headey has to walk naked through town as a punishment from a religious leader, and uh, the CGI that was amazing. That sounds about right, even though I don't know anything about well, the show. Well, let me just praise the Howard Stern show again, which I think is the greatest yeah, yeah. radio show but, of all but, time. But it was they, all they play that shame clip now. Shame, Anytime, shame. like, a politician does something stupid, they'll play that clip. If yeah. I, uh, Those are the roles I would get if I auditioned for Games of Thro- Game of Thrones. I would get the lady, the shame lady. I would, <laughs> yeah. t- with my height and everything, I would totally be her. But you would soak it up. You would love it. Right? I'd love yeah. it. I'd love it. There are so many great gifs out there and everything with with her shame <laughs> shame but no no that's all cgi that's not lena that's not lena Heaty's body yeah, it's, all, it's all about bo- it's all a body double because while we were watching it brian my husband turns to me and says wow she's really brave and i was like i think i read it's not her and then it this it is, is good her. news because yeah. i would love to be naked in lots of movies as long as it was someone else's body <laughs> that would be fantastic now also your director here of terminator genesis mm-hmm. to get back to that <laughs> is uh, what Alan, were we talking about? Alan Taylor, who made Thor: The Dark World, but started on Game of Thrones. Right, yeah. right. So you know much about the directors? Do you follow those guys for um, Game of Thrones? I do not. Although I just wrote about one a couple of weeks ago, and I feel bad because he's doing a big movie now. Maybe it's that. Um, yeah. Whatever his name is. Whatever his name but is. But we'll so know. D- it's so I have a feeling. To no, but I have a feeling really it'll be the sorry. next. It'll be the next pool, like Sopranos was. Where yeah. We're pulling great yeah. talent. They're doing. I mean, a lot of. Um, uh, stuff in the sci-fi world and the fantasy universe they are pulling from Game of Thrones directors especially um, I don't know there's there's like one every season there's one every season one episode that's just balls out where they put all their money it's usually like a big battle or something like that and those guys I'm sure are doing or ladies are doing really well yeah. okay well see if you don't know anything about Game of Thrones and I don't <laughs> I will see my introduction to a lot of these people in Terminator Genesis. <laughs> and Doctor Who. <laughs> and Doctor Who. Sure. Again, if it's not on, it, it doesn't have the guy with the scarf. I don't know what we're talking about, Doctor Who wise. That, that's a Tom Baker. Now, they're going to just fracture this timeline, right, for Terminator Genesis? 
They're well, gonna because I don't know what they can do. But because now it's funny you should say Linda Hamilton said, "Come with me if you want to live." Because Sarah Connor now says it to Reese because uh -huh. a Terminator warned her Reese was coming back in time. But how could that be possible yeah. if we already dealt with that and the whole thing just goes yeah. kerfluggy? I know. Because um, you're really able to explain. Um, if you take a lot of time and concentration, uh, the time dynamics, uh, especially after Terminator 2, everything is explainable. And, you know, Sarah Connor, I forget the last line, but she's driving away and basically saying it's a whole new world right now. For the first time in my life, everything's new. And then they go and make more movies and they screw it all up. Yeah, right. And a TV <laughs> show and the whole thing. I mean, they got... Yeah. Yeah, that's I'm still great. trying to figure out how Marty McFly gets his family to show up in that picture again. Because he, he writes the timeline. Right. In, in that he makes it right. Right. Which yeah. I guess he is what they're going to do here. Yeah. yeah right. See. So we're yeah. trying to make the Terminator's family show up again. Are you excited to see Arnold again? Yes. Yeah. I loved him. I, we just revisited the um, movie with him and Jamie Lee Curtis. True Lies. True Lies. He was a great actor in that movie. Cameron knows what to do with him. Wow. He was so funny and likable and underplayed and so cool. I don't know if that'll happen here. Do you, do you ever watch the um, extras in uh, the... Why are they giggling? What are you going to talk about? <laughs> this is a, in the Conan, the Barbarian. Oh, DVD no, that'd there's be great. Yeah. <laughs> Audrey's there's, losing it. Audrey's gone bye-bye. There's these extras. So I forget what country in Europe they're filming in, but it, I will say that they didn't have a lot of good standards for filmmaking. Sure. Right? And so... There is this part where there are supposed to be these dogs, a pack of dogs. And I can't remember Conan if they're chasing him or if he's running with them or, or whatever, mm -hmm. right? And so, but they don't have any certificates or anything to show that the dogs have been trained or, or even legal. So <laughs> they, they show this clip where it's action and Arnold's running, right? And he's kind of going over a hill and he kind of disappears and you see like a pack of dogs go over. <laughs> and I, you can do a great Arnold, I know, but you just hear like, oh, God. Get off! <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, dog pooch <laughs> down. Exactly, <laughs> and you can't see any of it, but you just can hear it. No, the dogs <laughs> were all over me and all of this, but the, the, uh, the movie was great. And you should go and see it. Like, they go on the press tour. And just, oh, you know, it's yeah. very funny. All those bitches on him. He's used to he it. He does have a Golden Globe too. Mm. Did you know that? What did he get Golden Globe for? Best newcomer or something when he was in his first movie back in the seventies. It like wasn't Conan. Stay hungry or something. Stay hungry. Like that. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. So he's got a golden globe. I liked him in Kindergarten Cop. What can I say? Very funny. Charming. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Is that and from yeah, and yeah, yeah, and the tumor line, right? It's not the tumor. It's not a tumor, yeah. yeah. I <laughs> want to see him back. I hope this is great. Yeah. Because he's come back in middling projects up till now. And right. I think he's been waiting. Right. I make a Terminator movie and I'm back, you know. And yeah. uh, I think maybe he, maybe he wants was, maybe he was so trying bad. to like wait. What is the perfect amount of time from going from a politician back to an actor again? I mean... He just listened to what Ronald Reagan did and then just followed his lead then. Yeah. But he never went back into movies, no, did he? No, he didn't. He went back mm. into Alzheimer's. Yes. Oh, yeah. sadly. No, for yeah. the first time. Yeah. For the first time. As far mm. as he knew. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, get on to our guest here for Yay! the love of God. We're going to take a short break, 15 or so seconds to you. Stay with us. On the other side of this uh, music, we'll be talking to Bat Kid Begins co-writer Kurt Kenny. Stick around. In the Admirals Club, in a sweltering 90-degree Admirals Club with fans running. So that low hum you hear is not uh, some electricity problem we're having. 
the fans are necessary. Absolutely uh, necessary. I know if you're in a cold place, you're like, wah, but it's, it's o- hot. It's triple digits outside. We're That's in the valley. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Audrey, is that your voice I hear? Yeah, it's my voice you hear. We'd like to bring uh, bring you now Audrey's moment of shame. shame. <laughs> I can't believe I couldn't remember the director that we were talking about from Game of Thrones. So I went and looked up. Um, there's actually a whole bunch that are doing really well right now. But the one that I was thinking of is... Um, Michelle McLaren. Oh yeah. Okay, who's also uh, Breaking Bad and Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, and I think uh, I think she was an EP on um, X Files way back in the day as well. Love that. So she was slated to direct Wonder Woman, but evidently something's happened and she parted ways with the studio. Nobody knows what the story is really on that. Somebody said it was about Wonder Woman's pet tiger, but I don't think that's true. So she's no longer (laughs) directing Wonder Woman, but that was the person I was thinking. Imagine that's what it comes down to. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. That just Tiger. sounds like a a dirty way to say something else. Like, <laughs> we're talking about Wonder, Wonder Woman's bed Tiger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What? Yeah. So um, they are looking into another female director right now. But um, that Michelle McLaren, she's she has she's the one. What's going on with the that. directorial choices? Now, like, another one was Ava DuVernay, right? Yeah, from who, uh, uh, the Selma, from Selma was doing Black Panther. But not. I don't know. Oh, I, 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 haven't heard, heard I heard back and forth. They're in the same day. It, it is. The, the deal has not been closed, oh, is okay. what I know. All this is dirty yeah. again. Now we're talking about her Black Panther and not closing her deal. It's just <laughs> because of Magic Mike. It's because of Magic Mike. Right, well, you let Magic, Magic Mike, Mike go. Yeah, <laughs> well, I can't let it right, go. Listen, it's time for some healthy guest time. Oh, yeah, good. He's here today. just in time for Magic Mike. <laughs> yes. Uh, he has a film in theaters right now, which is exciting. Yeah. Uh, he is director of the very popular short film Validation, as well as the features Shuffle and the documentary Dear Zachary, A Letter to a Son About His Father. And he is the editor and co-writer, and many other things, for Bat Kid Begins. Please welcome Kurt Kenny. Yay! You got a whole studio. Yeah, the audience loves yeah. you. Yeah. Apparently, mm-hmm. that's, that's great. Hi, everybody. <laughs> they, they, they didn't leave even after Audrey screwed up the I, Michelle McLean. They all <laughs> yelled <laughs> shame in unison for it's five exciting. minutes. They, wa- <laughs> they wanted to stick around and shame. see and, and find out. So this is great. We're keeping an audience. Surprisingly, they all had a bell, too. They would just bring <laughs> shame. Shame. <laughs> shame. Uh, so, okay, before we get to Bat Kid Begins real quick, Kurt, your thoughts on the new releases. Did you watch? Have you seen the trailers for your Terminator? And your I want to know. I, I, I haven't seen the trailers for any of the ones you guys were talking about, actually. Uh-oh. I've been in a, a cave or something, I guess. Yeah. Are you summer movie? Guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, d- uh, depends what you mean by that. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you're in Adam's chair. Adam is like he loves summer blockbusters. Yeah, like yeah. He, would, he he hibernates from October to <laughs> March. He rests up, and then he also has this thing where if a movie has more than three or four sequels. He will go back and give it its due because apparently somebody's sure, sure. watching it. So when Furious 7 came out, sure. it took him a while to get ready to watch it because you got to oh, go through all the sure, other Furious sure. movies. He watched all the Twilights. I mean, if you're yeah. going to make that many, he it, feels... Somebody's yeah, watching you it. watch all of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you, I mean, I don't, are you, uh, you have a family? Yeah, no, uh, well, I mean, I I have parents and no, I have sisters. Uh, but no, so you're I'm, not, I'm, like, I'm, you're I'm, not <laughs> taking the kids out the inside no, out or No, anything. no, no. I have, I have nephews and a niece and everything, but... Uh, but uh, no, I took myself to Inside Out, which I thought was marvelous. Yep. I loved it. So um, yeah, I think that's the only new release I've seen recently. Um, like the most recent thing I saw in the theater, apart from sitting through like five or six screens of Bat Kid to talk to the audience <laughs> recently. Um, saw Raiders of the Lost Ark at the Ace, uh, oh, theater at the Ace Hotel on Saturday. Nice. Uh, last week, I was up in the Bay Area for the San Francisco premiere of Bat Kid. And like the night before that, I went with my mom to my favorite movie theater, which is the Stanford Theater in Palo Alto that... Um, 
Uh, they show like classic double features of old films. They were showing Roman Holiday with uh, Gregory Peck and Audrey Hepburn. That was awesome. I hadn't seen it on the big screen before. Oh wow! And The Prisoner of Zenda with Ronald Coleman, and that was that was terrific. Uh, so, um, which is kind of like Dave in a weird way, the Kevin Klein film. It's oh. like a, uh, Ronald Coleman's playing like you know the, the the king, and then the guy who looks like the king. And it, but it's it's, cool. it's more of a thriller. It's not a comedy. But. <laughs> Dave so. is definitely a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that movie. That's like yeah. a Capra movie. I love yeah, that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, so you're, so. Not from, you're from San Jose in the yeah, Bay yeah. Area. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me, let me say where yeah. Bat Kid Begins is playing. So you're up in that area where Bat Kid happened yes. in yes. the great city of San Francisco. You can go to the Landmark Embarcadero mm-hmm. or the Sundance he Kabuki, right. which yep. sounds great. It is. It's a great theater. We, that's where we had the San Francisco premiere on Wednesday last week, and it was gorgeous. It was lovely. And here in LA, yeah. the Landmark and the Angelica Film Center, which is really where you want your movie to show if you're going to be in New York. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. coolest place there is. Um, so tell us all about Bat Kid Begins in a nutshell. In a nutshell, well, uh, in case you hadn't heard of the story, uh, on November 15th, 2013, um, m- there was a, okay. There was a little boy uh, named My, uh, still is. He's doing great. Uh, <laughs> a boy named Miles Scott who was diagnosed with leukemia at age 18 months um, when he was uh, old enough to qualify for Make a Wish, which I think is ages two to 17. Um, they, you know, he parents waited till he was old enough to like consciously decide what he wanted his wish to be, and his wish was to be Batman, his hero. He want of his course. exact his exact wish was Good. I want to be the real Batman, and they get lots of superhero wishes. So that was this was not that you know unusual. Um, and you know they live uh, the family lives in Tule Lake, California, which is up near the California Oregon border. So the San Francisco chapter of Make a Wish is kind of the nearest you know big one, I the see. Greater Bay Area. And a woman named Patricia Wilson, who's amazing, uh, runs it. And she is amazing. For she the is. Record. She is yes. amazing. She is amazing. And so uh, she you know asked the family, what does that mean for him to be Batman? What does he want to do? And they decided, well, maybe we can put some capers together, and maybe you know because he's kind of shy, have an adult Batman with him, so he'd be kind of the mini me, and he could kind of guide him through the adventures. And they were originally saying, do you want to do it like in your hometown in Tule Lake? I mean, they live in a, a farming town that's like population 1,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they said, nah, it'd be... Wait, wait. It, it, yeah. I'm interrupt because sure, I think, sure. I'm going to let the trailer yeah. put the capper on what you're talking okay, about. Okay, okay. <laughs> Natalie called screaming, crying and said Miles has leukemia. One of his doctors told us that with his disease, they just become like a fighter. They fight for life. And so I think he sees the good versus evil battle in superheroes. We waited until the end of treatment to make his wish. That I want to be the real Batman was his exact wish. Because he's my favorite superhero. How are you going to be the real Batman? When we're going about doing a wish, it is whimsical and thinking about what would wow that child. And gives them a little bit of their childhood back that's been robbed. So we decided to turn San Francisco into Gotham City. And that's the capper. This where you were yes. going. They turned San Francisco <laughs> yeah. into Gotham City. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they essentially set up, you know, capers for him at a couple places, and they put out, uh, you know, emails saying that they wanted volunteers so they could have a couple hundred people there so he'd feel like a superhero. There was somebody there for to cheer for him. And... Uh, when they put that word out, somehow it ended up going viral and people were passing it around everywhere and suddenly instead of 200 people, they had 25,000. Um, and that, was that all like social media? Yeah, it yeah. was all through social media oh. and so, you know, the people at Make-A-Wish were kind of terrified, you know, because like, <laughs> oh my God, what's just happened? The family was kind of terrified everything, but like, hey, uh, well, let's do this. I mean, and you know, the parents were like, you know, he's really shy. Like, everyone's going to be really disappointed. They're all going to show up and he's going to like <laughs> see that crowd run. and like run. Um, oh. But, uh, you know, it 
the the thing went off and it was great and it was kind of this amazing day where all these people showed up for no other reason than to share love with this little boy and like the city was like so many people they had to like shut down streets and they originally just wanted like two police cars uh, or two two motorcycle cops and two parking spaces that was all they asked for originally <laughs> and it ended up being like the entire motorcycle police force and everything and Guys yeah. working on their day off. Guys working overtime for yeah, free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because they just were having so much fun. You know, and it's it was like that's the thing that um, appealed to me about it because I was uh, I was brought in. Yeah, I was going to um, ask when you come across a project like this since you didn't you weren't a shooter on it. No, so no, you weren't. No, I, I did a little shooting for like one day of, of pickup stuff and everything, but I I didn't uh, I wasn't around for the main shoot. No, um, the. What happened was my, my friend Dana Nachman, who directed the film, she and I know each other just from like the last seven years at the festival circuit. We had the same um, producer's rep who sold our uh, documentaries. Uh, the same gentleman who sold Dear Zachary for me also sold her first documentary, Witch Hunt, to, uh, also both to MSNBC. And within like five months of each other. And I was having dinner with him one evening. It was like, oh, I just sold this filmmaker's movie to MSNBC. And she actually lives in your hometown. You guys should meet. And um, so then we met at a film festival. And we just sort of kept hanging out, you know, for a long, you know, you know, we'd bump into each other on the circuit and whatever. And she co-directed her three previous films with our friend Don Hardy. And... Cinequest in San Jose, which is where we kept bumping into each other a lot, um, asked me to moderate a panel on the the three films the two of them had made together like a, a little while back. And so I was like, oh, cool. Not having any idea I was ever going to work with them. You know, just mm -hmm. like, you know, hey, cool. And then um, literally one, I checked, it's one year ago today as we're recording this, which is June 29th. Um, oh, wow. uh, I got an email from her uh, saying, want to and the subject line was, want, want to edit my movie, three question marks. Wow. And because what happened was she had been shooting, you know, interviews for like six months at this point and uh, had all this material and she had like two different editors fall out on her because when, uh, this is the first film she's directed on her own and Don also spent this last year directing a film on his own called The Theory of Obscurity, a film about the residents which premiered at South by Southwest. And so Don uh, used to edit their movies when they were working together and he suddenly realized, I'm not gonna have time to edit both films. Right. And so he had to edit his own movie. But and the other was a, a narrative, right? Uh, what you're saying? The, or the, res, the one about no, the No, no, the Residence is a documentary. That's a doc, too. It's oh, a doc, yeah. Yeah, you can't do two docs. Mm -hmm. This is yeah. too much footage. Yeah, exactly. And so he realized, I can't do this. And then she had another editor lined up who also fell through because they were still working on something. And then in the meantime, I had a project fall through last year that I you know, was ex expecting to go. And I was like, oh, gosh, I need a job. It was like right at that time. Perfect. And I, I remember Don had actually emailed me saying, hey, uh, can you recommend an assistant editor to help me organize my footage? I'm about to start cutting my movie. And I said, uh, what's the time frame and how much does it pay? And he wrote back and I said, uh, at the risk of embarrassing myself, uh, I'll do it for you this week <laughs> if you want. <laughs> Hey, so, a job is a job. All so, right. so, um, and then he told Dana, uh, I think Kurt's available if, oh, you, if you're perfect. looking for something. And then she's like, he's never edited somebody else's film before, which I haven't. I only do my own stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, so she emailed and said, uh, would you be interested in this? And I said, what's the subject? And he said, Aww. back kid. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember hearing about that. And I looked it up. And I was like, oh, this is like a real life Frank Capra movie. That's like mm -hmm. right up my alley. So, um, so. I said yes, and uh, we just started going down the road together, and here we are a year later, a year from the day I got the email, that like the cool. movies in theaters right now. We knew that, so we planned that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of kind of crazy. It's, well, I, uh, I, I, uh, from the folks at the table here, I was the one who had time to run out and see it. Mm. Uh, oh, Scheduling thanks, thanks. was a little tough because uh, Karen and I are in this play. I mean, Karen's of course, yeah. the last two shows. Uh, well, th thanks for seeing it in the theater. <laughs> but yeah, I ran out, <laughs> ran out and, and checked it out. Yeah. Um, and you would think to yourself, because uh, you, the 
videos seven minutes long that went out and got viral. I think, oh, oh, the nine uh, minutes. the one that Make a Wish did. Um, yeah. was t- I think it was ten minutes. Ten minutes. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen it in a while. It went viral. super I was one of those suckers on Facebook that watched it and could not deal with how. Oh my God, it's so good. And that's just the little goofy nine, ten minute. Mm-hmm. Ver- yours must be amazing. Well, that's what I wondered to myself: is it is there more we need to know? I yes. Mean, <laughs> and then it turns out there's a ton. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Because there's drama, of course. To to can the can they pull it off? Yeah, really sure, is right, drama. Right. And the way you've cut it, it zips along. This thanks, thing moves. Thanks, thanks. You know, because uh, <laughs> people might say, "Oh, is it gooey and gushy?" And no, there's no time. You know, they gotta do this. They gotta do this thing. He's right? got a caper. He's got things to yeah, do. Yeah. Will they or won't they? He's that's trying that's to the save thrust of the movie, if you ask me. Yeah, sure, you know, sure. Of course, you know they do pull it off, but the the things along the way are quite exciting. Well, Paul thanks. was telling me some things about it that because um, he came home just I just had a ton of questions. But I love the fact that the viral aspect of this wasn't planned, like the president participating. Oh yeah, I, I don't that's think that's amazing. I don't, th- I don't think you can. Uh, when people try to plan viral things, that doesn't that <laughs> no, never works. No, they never work. <laughs> and yeah. and I think yeah. they would have rather this not gone viral because everyone oh. got really freaked out. I mean, as you saw in the film, like they were like, "Oh my God, what's going on?" They just want all to hide under a rock because <laughs> they were so scared. We have you know? seven thousand emails. Yeah. What do we do? Because like yeah. when I saw it, I saw that the president um, Barack Obama he had thanked the bat kid for yeah. his participation in making the city safe yeah so yeah. i thought that you know months ahead of time somebody contacted him and asked him to do this and it was on his schedule no clearly not he just no. made a vine video no amazing no it's amazing. yeah it, it's it's funny if you see the movie it's i i think of it uh when i when i first looked at the picture at the footage I said, oh, I said two things. I said, I said the Frank Capra thing, like, you know, that's this is It's a Wonderful Life with Real People. But two, this is a, a buddy movie. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, you meet little Miles at the beginning, then you meet uh, E.J. Johnston, who's the adult Batman. You kind of track them separately, and who's amazing. He's, he you know, is. Yeah, I got this whole, yeah. he's a documentary in himself. He's uh-huh. just an amazing guy. And, and then you track them separately, and then they meet the night before the event in this kind of magical superhero training camp that E.J. set up for him at this place called the Circus Center in San Francisco. And they thought, well, let's kind of get him used to the idea of being Batman the night before and then it's a place where acrobats train but all the acrobats who found out that he was going to be there decided to like dress up as superheroes they and, all and dressed came up in. and we're training yeah and, and, and so he like, oh and so god. he walks in and looks around like, oh my god, this is where superheroes learn to be superheroes. It's a flash. So, so clever, like so, Wonder yeah. Woman's working out, Spider Man's yeah, doing fantastic. his thing. That's fantastic. It's like X Men's training room. They have a training room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, oh, one of my favorite things. Brilliant. I hope this isn't spoiling anything for the movie, but is um, that that night, you know, EJ met him and was training him, and they didn't tell him, oh, he's Batman the next day, because of course Batman wears a mask. Nobody sure. knows who he is. Oh, so uh, he's training him the night before, and he's teaching him this uh, secret uh, handshake. With Calls you know the secret acrobat handshake, which is grasping forearms across like this, so that that's how like in you know uh, flying trapeze and whatnot that you hang on to somebody without oh, losing yeah. them. Right. So he kept doing this with him that night. Then the next day, when he shows up as Batman to pick him up, and he puts the thing on, he says secret acrobat handshake, and they do that, and the kid goes. <gasps> Like and he realizes oh, it's the guy from last Yay! night. He's Batman. So, so and then he's just like on this ride with him the rest of the way. So the whole thing becomes this. Uh, I so I saw it as like therefore it becomes this buddy movie. The two have this adventure, and the whole movie I think is a journey to like the line that EJ has toward the end, which is it's like I have a new little brother now. Mm-hmm. And but also another level to it is, is I the, the other genre box I put it in my head when I was cutting it is it's like a heist movie. Yeah, it, it's it's like the first half of the film is planning. The you know the the heist in the second half is pulling it off you know so there's this very you know thing of like all the pieces coming together and now you know it's like set them up and then knock them down yeah you know, and that's that's kind of how yeah I mean that is there's not a ton of time spent on leukemia 
You know, you might think oh, I'm going to watch this uh, no, lifetime no. movie about the kid who's sick or whatever. But you know, they deal with that briefly. But we got stuff to get to. Like yeah. it's, well, it's, yeah. it's this whole day. The, it's about the yeah. day and the kid. You know, and because he has to deal with the Joker, right? No, it's the Riddler. Oh, the Riddler. Riddler. Oh, yeah, even yeah. They, better. they decided the Joker was too creepy for. Yeah, for, he's uh, super creepy. The Riddler. <laughs> well, depending on if it's the old Riddler with the tight, creepy pants from TV. <laughs> no, that's he, 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 had slacks. he had slacks. Oh, good. All good. right. We're not going to have this, the Dark Kid, a sequel. <laughs> or we're not going to have no. that. But the, the wonderful thing is just hearing uh, like people who've been seeing this movie around, like because all the all the filmmakers' uh, portion of the proceeds are going to Make a Wish and other San Francisco right. charities. So um, I think that's a wonderful thing, and also what it's uh, been seeing is that the movie has been inspiring people to want to volunteer, to want to donate, yeah. which is the whole, quite honestly, it's the yeah. whole point of telling the story publicly again, it is, is to get you know people inspired to get more involved. It's very aspirational and very hopeful. Yeah, yeah. all, all the adults in this movie yeah. are like big kids, you know, which is why, I okay, here's what happened when I was cutting the movie. <laughs> I was sending like my, you know, because I live in Los Angeles and Dana's in the Bay Area. I was just sending her quick times of my assemblies and I was actually, uh, after I'd sort of put the, the the Talking Heads version of the movie together, and I was starting to dress it up, you know, and I was doing the second half first of the Bat Kid Day, and I was sending her my assemblies, and what she told me is she'd be watching them on her computer in her office, and she has three kids, and her young son would come in the room and stand behind her and be staring and just riveted watching the the cuts, mm-hmm. and he said, "Mommy, this should be on the movie theaters." Yeah. And, oh and when goodness. and and when when she told me that story, I was like, "Kids don't watch documentaries, and kids." Like are in int- like enthralled with this movie mm-hmm. when the, when they when they're pre- when it's presented to them. I'm like, this could be like one of the first documentaries ever that like really appeals to kids. And I l- later like put that to the test um, when it was uh, it played opening night of Cinequest in San Jose, my hometown festival for the 25th anniversary this year in February. And my six year old niece sat next to me, and I was very curious to watch her watch this film. Like, is she going to get bored with the like you know adult planning stuff? Da, da, da. And she was just like. You know this the whole time, just like wow, and like when the adults would come on, like Mike Jutan, who plays the penguin, who's very fun, the and he's a, he's uh, <laughs> you know, he's a wonderful guy, and he's uh, you know um, software engineer at Industrial Light and Magic, and oh, wow. he, he's also like I said, like a big kid, and my my niece was sitting there going, he's funny, and, and, and just <laughs> still, and, and and she was just glued because it's a documentary about a child, but it's also a documentary about this. What it really is, it's funny because. The movie isn't really about Miles and the illness. What it is, it's about this group of people mm-hmm. who all come together to help put on this day for this little boy and end up becoming this kind of extended family. That's when I cried. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I told Karen. I mean, well, is it sad? No, it's sad because well, you don't. You're not crying sadness yeah. really ever. You cry because you think. Uh, well, I did. I won't say I cried <laughs> because it's like, well, like you said. Well, we're expecting you know, uh, two hundred people show up and then. Uh, 20, you know, 20,000 where you're just like oh my god they all came out and even at the end of the film they're talking about how it changed everybody that day not just yeah. Miles but you know there's the cops were talking about how they needed to move crowds back and the people went oh we'll move back you know we're yeah, like, back which, kids coming you know, of course I'll make sports, room sports teams coming through <laughs> yeah. town or whatever they gotta like shove people out of the way and here they're just saying bad kids coming through oh, we'll move out of the way for bad kid you know people, <laughs> it, should, it shows the best side of everybody well, th- that was one of the things that I thought was most profound about the material when I was looking at it for the first time kind of going wow because um, also, they said like the 25,000 people that gathered in the Civic Center that day to cheer for him when he was presented the key to the city oh. were saying like this is the first time they'd ever been there in that with that many people in that space and people were nice to each other. Yeah. And yeah. I thought interesting. it's really interesting that we yeah. clearly have the capacity to treat each other yes. like that all the time, but we don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that you know 
you know, we have the answers to that. So what we did was rather than try to, you know, we, there's a little bit of discussion about it, but rather than try to like pontificate or be, you know, pompous and talk about here's what the significance of the day da, da, is present the day to you from the eye of the hurricane and you experience it yourself and you make up your own mind what you think. I, for me, I think it's interesting because I think the reason maybe people behaved that way when they normally don't is everyone knew why they were there. They all knew we're here to have this, you know, give this wonderful day and to play, you know, to help this kid, you know, have this dream. Whereas in regular life, you're sitting next to somebody in traffic who, you know. Oh, that's true. You don't have a common thread. Yeah, you have no idea, you know, like, and somebody maybe cuts you off or whatever and people road rage and scream. They have no idea. Maybe the guy in the the car, maybe his wife just died. Maybe just lost a job. Maybe he's super happy about something and just not thinking and ooh sorry but but because people don't have any understanding of where the other person's coming from they always assume the worst mm-hmm. and that's very true. so i thought maybe that's what that is i don't know i i mean who knows i mean it's a mystery and but like mike jutan has one of my favorite lines in the movie toward the end he says it's kind of odd almost that this doesn't happen more like you know why is this an isolated event that's why you know because um yeah, and, and that's the great thing because uh, some people have said, "Oh, well, you know, is there some imbalance? Like all these resources went to Miles' wish or something, and what about the other kids?" Like, actually, Make a Wish, you know, fulfills 100% of the wishes that are qualified for, so no one got anything taken away from them. And quite honestly, like the wish, all these people showed up on the, and volunteered. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't a cost thing. It did end up costing the city of San Francisco $105,000 with all the stuff with all the crowd control and everything when it came up, and some people complained about that. So. Um, a uh, philanthropic family, uh, the Goldman Foundation, um, John and Marcia Goldman, they were hearing the people were complaining about that, so they just stepped up and paid the tab so that nobody wow. can say anything you know, negative so anymore. So nobody could say so, anything about that. No, so, oh, so the city, did, fantastic. The city, city didn't, didn't lose a dime. So, yeah. Co- so, oh, my gosh. I covered one of those events uh, with, uh, I do a lot of videography and stuff, and I got uh, a special Jonas Brothers concert for 30 <laughs> Make-A-Wish kids. Oh wow. wow! And it was very, it was very emotional, you know. Oh to yeah, see, yeah, To see that, and you know, I could give a shit about the Jonas Brothers, uh, mm. but the, I had, I had respect for yeah, them, the way yeah, they just absolutely. did a show, a little acoustic show in a movie theater or down at the Grove, and then meet and greet with every single one of them, and plenty of time, nowhere else to be, no sure. other in hurry to, to be in. They just and the kids were, you know, thrilled. that's great. That's in great. a way, you were saying you were sitting next to your niece when you were watching. Yeah, it? yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she was watching this documentary, which. I, I agree. Probably not a lot of kids are into documentaries. And I no, but kids like kids, kids seem to like this movie. Every gotta, kid I've talked to has seen it. I so. gotta think, in a way, to that little girl, it wasn't a movie about a sick kid. It was about this lucky kid gets to live out a fantasy and a dream. And it's so neat to think that it doesn't have to be oh because he's sick he's doing it. But you can relate to it because you're like, gosh, what sure. would my dream be? Mm-hmm. Right. Sure, and you sure. start to think about that instead. Mm-hmm. That's great. And then the caper part of it. Oh, I'm yeah. sure that the awesome. kids <laughs> watching sure, it sure. and your niece. I'm like, I want to do that. Really enjoy the caper <laughs> yeah. part of it. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's interesting also too because. Um, because uh, m- a lot of people talk about, well, how's Make a Wish going to top this? Like, we're, they're not going to top it. We just do wishes. They right. Come, you know, it just and, and and that's and that's this was a wish, and they did like two other. Uh, San Francisco did like two or three other wishes that same day. They had more the next day. I mean, they just kept going. It's just most wishes are not public. Mm-hmm. But most are private. Right. Like they want to go to Disneyland. They want to meet somebody. Yeah. They want to go someplace with their family. So it's very rare a that a wish is public, and b that for some reason it just captures the imagination. Some, some chemical of thing people. it catches on and goes mm-hmm. viral and. I think they'd quite frankly prefer that doesn't happen again because it was really scary and it was a lot to manage. I'm so glad but. that your friend was there to capture it all, though. Actually, that's that's the thing. Dana didn't hear about it until the day afterward. Oh, how did they yeah. get the video no, footage? No, because Make-A-Wish had hired um, 
uh, John Crane Films, a, a local company, to uh, have a five-person camera crew to shoot oh, the smart. day. Okay. So, because when they started realizing how big it was going to get, um, they realized, well, we should document this. Yep. And hey, maybe we can even do like the 10-minute PSA that you yeah, saw. That was great. Um, so that was what that was for. So all this footage existed. Um, and then, uh, so Dana went and found out about that and then got all the footage from him. And then she went to all the news networks that were there that day and got all the footage from them. And Comcast had covered it as well, too. So I was handed this big pile of stuff. So um, I have two questions about so, yeah. that, technically. Yeah. Well, how big is the pile, hour-wise? Uh, it was 50 hours when I got it, 5-0. Um, and but more shooting kept going on while I was beginning to cut like more interviews that hadn't been done. So stuff would keep coming in. And then I went out and helped shoot some stuff, too. And... Um, so yeah, literally, I was getting new footage. Like we were racing to get the thing done for the Sundance and Slam Dance deadlines, and like I was getting new interview footage like five days before I had to have the cut oh. done and everything. I was like, oh my god, there's a new interview. How's this gonna gel into the movie? And like, where's it going? Right, right. So it was it was it was seven days a week till four in the morning. You know, trying to get this thing done. I I like I came on like I said beginning of July last year, and we had to have it done by October fifteenth. Um, yeah, yeah, not, the, a lot the, of time. not 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 mm -hmm. including sound editing, but just the cut wow. of the film and. The, the really obviously the weird thing is like the cut of the picture it took me like three weeks to watch everything first and then just over two months to cut it together so but it, what, what's weird is like the cut that is out there now is very close to my first cut I mean my first cut was actually two minutes shorter I tend to <laughs> I tend to pace things very fast and Good. Dana's main note let's let's let breathe a little more in places and you let it so, breathe two whole minutes well, well actually it wasn't so much that it was more breathing like about 30 seconds uh -huh. and the other was we realized we had the wrong opening on the movie we redid the prologue and the prologue's longer now okay because um, originally I was doing something that was more of a sort of a superhero reveal kind of thing kind of keeping miles in the shadows and kind of revealing him um, which is sort of the end of the prologue now but um, but what we realized when we were showing it to people I, I had an interesting thing people would drop by my place I had a friend who dropped by and I would just start the movie in the middle while I was cutting it and he like couldn't stop watching I'm like wow mm -hmm. this is working and then later when we had the movie done and we were showing it to people we'd start from the beginning and people were saying yeah it's taking me a little while to get into it oh, you need and to I'm like the well that's weird because the when I start it in the middle, people are right with it. If we start at the opening, people are taking a little while. Like, okay, there's something wrong with the opening. And I remember Dana was really concerned, and I said, you know what, this is, you know, what this is like, this is like, you know, um, you know. Uh, we'll go back to Frank Capra again. I don't know if you know the story of Lost Horizon. Like he thought he had the greatest picture, and he tested it, and people just you know were walking out of the theater at the beginning because the opening was. And he's like, "What? What have we done?" And he realized he he said he started it later. He just chopped off the first reel and started it later, and it's the same movie, and it's a classic now. And <laughs> the, the same thing with Sunset Boulevard and Billy Wilder. Like he had this weird scene at the beginning with like the bodies in the morgue talking to each other and stuff, and. Yeah, he was in the <laughs> he was in the lobby of the theater, and somebody came out and said, "This is terrible. Have you ever seen such horseshit?" And I was like, "No, no, I haven't." <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that's his movie. Um, so, but then all he did was cut that scene off and start it later. So um, we didn't do that, but what we did realize is we need to feel up close to Miles sooner. So we like redid the opening to start with him playing, you know, mm -hmm. and playing with his Batman toys, and then start sort of doing. Um, she got this amazing recording of. Uh, the the David Bowie song Heroes, but mm -hmm. done with the same choir and piano that did like the um, the song Creep for the Social Network trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and so it's Heroes, but this really beautiful elegiac version of it. And so we sort of intercut with him playing with his toys, which matches with the the day, the stuff he did on the day. And and you know, and it's the lyrics are perfect. We could be heroes for That's one day. The, That's you know, there's some is. golden editing later in the, in the film <laughs> too, taking. Uh, Miles doing his routine out on the street with twenty five thousand people watching and intercutting it with the practice from the night before. Yeah, yeah. It's just, <laughs> just, thanks. And yeah, EJ that was fun. there both times, you know, making sure he's safe. 
Yeah, that was got, that was fun to do. So. When you got so, you, so you, like you were saying five out like fifty hours. Yeah. Not including stuff that you got later. So when you have when you're cutting and you have your editor's hat on, um, did you just jump in like with a really analytical mindset, or were there times where you did get emotional doing doing the film yourself? Um, I think it was mostly analytical. I think one reason I could cut it so fast, unlike my, maybe my own stuff, is because I didn't shoot it and I wasn't oh, okay. I, I wasn't emotionally attached to it. And Dana right. would be like, "Oh, but that's that moment's so great!" Like, "Nope, don't need it." That makes sense. Like, we don't have time. We got to finish this thing yeah. in a week. We don't have time. I'm only going to give it 30 seconds to breathe, people. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so. Um, so, so there was there was uh, there was that kind of thing. I, I mean, it's I'm sure there, there were things like um, the stuff at Civic Center at the end when you know they announced that he's you know our superheroes in remission, and you know we gave him some of his childhood back today. And everything like I was uh, crying every time uh, I watched that. You yeah, know? Yeah. So, well, that police so, chief yeah. though, he's, he's mm-hmm. holding back tears. Everything he says, yeah. he's all excited to be in this thing. And I, bat kid, we need you. Oh and then God. he then he cut to a testimonial him, and he's like, my kids. Are gonna look up to whatever, <laughs> whatever he's talking about. He's the tough, bald, you know, yeah. police chief. Yeah, it's yeah. it's amazing, you know, just to, you know that you. What I thought was amazing is you could see the humanity in all of these people that you otherwise might th- just think of as figures, you know, you know, and right. you know that the mayor is a huge Batman fan. I've been watching him since he was yeah. a kid. And he Seen even, all the movies. It was his, you know, dream to be the mayor of Gotham City, and here he is. And here know. he is. And he gets so to, he gets to live out his dream. Yeah. yeah. So you get mm-hmm. to see the humanity in all of these people that otherwise just seemed like you know maybe officials to people, you know, or something, which I think is. Right. Lovely. So yeah, I just for me that was I what I came to be obsessed with while cutting it together was just I don't know how kind of beautiful the whole thing was and uh, and I just thought wow this can be I think a really beautiful if we do this right a really beautiful document of this day where everyone was nice to each other and the internet was nice which has never happened right. <laughs> and like it's something to aspire to again and this is kind of a I, I think it's it, for me I felt I came to feel while working on it and I hope other people feel the same way that this is kind of a priceless document in a way of what people can actually be like if they choose to be they, um, and I don't know why we don't choose that more but we don't seem to um, but we could mm-hmm. so that's well, my thought one last thing I want to ask you about the workflow yeah mm-hmm. you, you're listed as a co-writer and mm-hmm. so someone might be listening and going, sure, sure. for a documentary Mm-hmm. Uh, so what does that role entail? Well, like like how our documentary is written, for example. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like if you have. A is it in the editing studio? Oh yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah. It's uh, well. I'll just say as an overview, like when people say, "Well, documentary is written," it's a real story. Yeah. Well, you have to decide <laughs> how to tell it. Yeah, so right. I mean, it's like somebody's writing a nonfiction book. Well, it didn't just appear. Somebody had to decide. I'm gonna if they're writing about Abraham Lincoln or whatever, they got to figure out how how am I doing that? What's the uh, how, how's somebody's got to cut something, and apparently yeah, this yeah, guy's yeah. yeah. guy. I think we have covered it. Yeah. Not to mention it, Karen. You're right. <laughs> so um, so. <laughs> I've cut. So, I'm a co-writer. Right. So, so, so yeah. So originally, Dana had a script that she gave me, and I read it and said, "Okay, cool. I get what you're. I get the basic structure we're talking about here." And then I said, "I want to watch everything, every frame of everything, because other things will probably occur to me that don't occur to you." And mm-hmm. so then I watched everything for like three weeks and said, "Okay, I think I have you know another way to approach some things. Um, let me try what I'd like to do. And if you hate it, I'll put it back the other way. And if not, da, da. so um, so I did what I thought was right with it. And she basically really was pleased with everything. Cool. So that was really nice, given what we had no time. Um, and so that was positive. And then at the end of it, I looked back and I looked at like the script that she had given me originally and what the movie had ended up to be. You know, because you know I was. I, I, you know, well, I didn't like type things out because there's no time. I mm-hmm. like would scribble notes and whatever. And I said at the end, I said is it reasonable to say that we wrote this together as a result because of how different it is now? Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, yeah, yeah. And so that cool. was that was how, you know, we came to settle on 
that is the proper way to describe what had happened creatively. Um, so, uh, so yeah, and then at that point also too, when she was seeing the way I was cutting it, there were certain things she was like, I don't get it when this cut goes here, what, what, what exactly is that doing? And I would show her clips from other films of mine where the sound design was very intricately woven with the cuts. And she was like, oh, I see what you're doing. And she's like, you kind of need to do the sound design for this, don't you? And I was like, I'd like to, because I'd like to protect what I did. <laughs> yeah. So she hired me to do the sound design, and then cool. I became the music editor, and you know, uh, so was trying to you know, sh you know, shape the songs to fit it. And uh, there's a few minutes of my own music from my old scores in the film that we used to plug holes and stuff too. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so yeah, so that that's kind of how it evolved. And then we didn't really have time to even have a real test screening because we. Off that first cut, we got into Slam Dance. I was and just going to ask what you got into. Did you get into Sundance as no, well? No, Sundance passed Dance? on the film. Okay. They wrote Dana a nice note saying that they thought it was a lovely movie and they were sure it would do well, but um, they just mm -hmm. didn't have room for it or whatever reason right. was. Uh, and then Slam Dance said, we want it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, damn. And then we like, oh, we have a month to finish. And we haven't actually <laughs> tested the movie. I guess that was the test. They like it. Uh, so, so um, You know, they're probably yeah. more qualified than a bunch of housewives from the Valley. So good for you. Well, by, by testing, I mean, like, generally what I do is, like, invite a lot of other writer-director friends oh, of mine okay. in to sit and watch it and be like, tell me, tell me if this is clicking for you or not. Um, and she showed it, actually, I think she mainly showed it to like the crew that had worked on it. And I kept saying, don't show it to the crew, they'll only watch their own thing. But they actually gave really good notes, so it <laughs> shows what I know. But <laughs> so, yeah, so, um, so, so it's yeah. out there. It's in yeah. uh, San Francisco, New York, and L.A. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, uh, playing in theaters right now, yeah. So And then crazy. Uh, maybe expansion? Yeah, oh, yeah, the, the, the plan, from what I've been told, uh, uh, is to go wider on July 10th. And then wider still on July twenty fourth. Like oh, nice. so, they're platforming platforming out. So we were starting with the three cities, sort of you know see how it did and whatnot, and it did quite well. Uh, you know this weekend, as far as you know, particularly for a documentary. I mean, we were I looked you know just to see because obviously we're not on four thousand screens, we're on four. Uh -huh. uh, you know, and um, that uh, we had the I believe the sixth highest per screen average this weekend. Oh wow! Which I was like, oh damn, that's pretty good. And particularly yeah. you know for mm -hmm. a documentary, which I've had documentaries in the theaters before and certainly didn't get that. So uh, <laughs> um, so that was really cool. And uh, you know the the word of mouth audience response coming out of it has been wonderful. There were people who were at a promo screening of it uh, that I bumped into like the week before that I spoke at who came back and brought friends opening night. So we already had repeat business on opening oh, night. Wow. Saturday I was at the theater as well too just talking to the audience and there were people who were there because they said, oh, friends of mine saw it last night and told me I had to come. So we were already getting the, the word yeah. of mouth there. Although it's on a smaller scale because it's a documentary and you know, but... You really uh, did better in Aloha. Probably. I'm just... Uh, probably. <laughs> well, that, that, was, that was on more screens. I don't know what their per screen average was. I just want to say that like um, Paul's family, they like to go to the movies and that kind of thing, but they're very yeah. different than say all of us. They, sure. they like to watch things that don't have a lot of swearing or sex in it. And this movie seems like anybody could watch it. Your audience is going to be all the way from, you know, four or five year olds all the way through to people who are 80, 90. They all are able to come together to watch this. It's yeah, a perfect yeah. movie. If you're like at Christmas time, I could totally see sitting down with my family, all ages and different mm -hmm. ethnicities and whatever. And being able to agree on this movie. Yeah. Uh, That's thanks. a great thing. I hope thing. so, yeah. I, the, the, I guess maybe if there's a stumbling block, it's that hey, it's a documentary and people, I think, are conditioned to think, you know, oh, I can wait for Netflix for documentaries. <laughs> I mean, oh, that doesn't right, happen. Right. But, yeah. and, and, but, it, but it plays really great with an audience, I think. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's fun that way. And also, like you said, people wondering, well, I saw that on the news. Don't I know the whole story? You know, like, and it's like when you see it, then you realize, oh, there is a whole yeah. narrative in these. Right. You get to know these amazing people, and yeah. it's the relationship. To me, it's all about the relationships in the right. film. Um, and so I think it's more just like um, 
once people who've seen it started telling other people, you know, like we, we were seeing, like they would start showing up. Like people, friends say, no, no, you got to see this. Um, so that's why I think the platforming thing is really smart because they're giving it time to build and for people to talk about it and and that sort of thing, which is which is really cool. But and also, our I know the you know just every person I talked to, whether it was friend or stranger who was at the screening, was like, oh my god, I'm gonna tell my friends this is great. And um, I think you know even critics wise, we've been doing pretty well too. I think it was. It was at like a seventy-eight or eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes oh, or whatever, and um, so yeah, and we had a little bit higher than that on the audience score on there too. So I mean, uh, we're we're getting strong response, you know, okay, even from you know because critics tend to be a little more of a cynical crowd, yeah. and 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 uh, they have so to and, say something. And for the most part, it seems to be it seems to be moving past most of the cynicism, which is a lovely thing well, to it see. Has, it has such so. a connecting theme, and like what you just said, you know, there's a part of it where. The, the population of the United States, we already saw the beginning. Now we can go see the rest of the story because we yeah. all saw it on the news. Yeah. Right. You know, and I think sometimes, it, I think it is human nature to help each other out, but we, in this day and age with, you know, our, all our devices, we do forget that. Sure. And, and, and I think this, it, that's why it's going to be such a good family movie. That's oh, why totally. it's going to sure. be good for anyone I hope to so, see. Yeah. Or I've like, and like also just another thing like I've said before, but just to mention, because I've seen people write online, well, isn't this exploitative? It's like, no, the proceeds are going to Make-A-Wish. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's that's the whole thing is to right. raise money and, you know, get people inspired to hopefully become a part of it and, you know, volunteer themselves and, and you know, ho hopefully spread the, you know, the, the goodwill around. I mean, that's, that's what I loved about yeah. it. So. And it's for everybody. If the kid yeah. liked mm -hmm. Deadpool, then maybe not everyone could watch. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, you, you never you never know. But yeah, but I I just That would be a wacky make a wish I, I, if the kid had asked for Deadpool. I just personally did what I thought was right with it and Dana seemed to like everything I was doing and uh, for the most part and you know we didn't really have any disagreements really. I mean the, the most discussions that happened was about music and stuff, you know, mm -hmm. just you know, but um but yeah, so I've wondered I've wondered if the parents eventually were going to say I appreciate that her kid wants to be Batman for a day, but doesn't that mean we have to be killed? Oh, <laughs> oh God, no, 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 no. <laughs> and they never said that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Miles, no, I, no. Miles would be so confused. No, well, you know, in the story, they would just that's, disappear that's, for a day. That's the thing. It's funny because I've met almost, I've met pretty much everybody involved in the story now, except I still haven't met um, the family. I still haven't met oh, Miles really? and his oh. folks. Because that's the thing. They're amazing people because... I can say this having not met them, but having stared at them for nine months, which is kind of strange, but creepy, um, creepy. Or, or longer, sure. um, is that uh, they don't want the limelight for him. They want him to have a normal childhood. They they didn't, you know, they didn't come to the film festivals. They didn't come to the premiere, that kind of thing. Like they don't, they just like, he's, you know, his dad's home. He's like, I have farming to do, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and they just want Miles to be a normal kid. And, you know, and, you know, he's almost seven years old now and he's doing oh, great. Miles and, is so going to so. be going to these. Audrey is going to have Miles on her show in a couple of years because he's going to be at some fan festival and people are going to be wanting his autograph. Maybe, maybe it was like 21 or something and he can figure that out. Hysterical. <laughs> but, but no, that, that's the great thing is they, like, the wonderful thing also is a five-year-old doesn't really know the difference between like a crowd of 200 people and a crowd of 25,000. It's just like, oh, a right. lot of people are waving right. to me and I'm, I'm Batman today. So, and he's, you know, he's five, he's not on Twitter, he's not on Facebook, right. he doesn't know all the things that are being, so to him it was like a really cool day and then he went back to his life. Yeah. And that's what it's been. He's seen the film, um, oh. yeah, yeah, which, uh, you know, Dana was nervous about and it. Like he's seven, you said? Uh, he, he's going to be seven in August. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, see, he's seen the film and uh, Dana was nervous about that, like, should he know how the sausage was made, quote unquote, oh, for his right. wish? You know, like, because to him it's very real. But he watched it and, you know, on a Friday night at home on a, you know, DVD or something. And then next morning asked his mom, can I see it again? But 
to him, it's weird because it's like he's seen the whole thing, but he still really believes that he saved Gotham. And it's, so it, it, it's, <laughs> oh it's very interesting. I'm not sure where the line of reality and fantasy yeah. is, but... Uh, but yeah, so no, it, it, yeah, it's it's cool. So he's gonna have on his LinkedIn, I saved Gotham. <laughs> so give me the job. So. But yeah, no, but it's, it's. I think it's just great that they're you know keeping him out of it and and just trying to you know just have a normal life. I think and, that's you know, awesome too. I yeah, think that, he'll fare better than yeah. Star Wars kid. <laughs> I don't, who, who's that? The Star Wars kid, the kid with the mop handle who's fighting yeah, in his it, uh, he videotaped. It, it, himself. Oh, oh. Doing, okay. I, I guess I missed that. Doing lightsabers. <laughs> and then some kids I miss a lot of viral things. things. Some bullies got a hold of the footage and put mm -hmm. it online to kind of shame him. And what happened He became is a hero. He became a hero because <laughs> all of us nerds who know how to use, you know, computers um, actually made the mop into a lightsaber and started putting music behind yeah. it. And, oh, and okay. villains. And he actually... Fought, got really yeah, big. He fought uh, people. And that's yeah, hilarious. It was okay. a big deal. I, I should look that up. <laughs> yeah. Don't mess with nerds. Star Wars kid Don't mess with nerds. Star Wars kid begins. I'm, I'm, I'm completely out of the loop on this stuff, yeah. apparently. Well, listen, we got to get on to what did you see this week. But before we do, what's your favorite movie of all time? We ask everybody. My favorite movie of all time is E.T. Very nice. Right. Yes, it is. Sure. Oh, no wonder you were talking about the VHS yes. copy I have. Yeah, yeah. No, I, in the movie, guys, VHS IMAX theater. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I have that exact same VHS with the hologram on it and everything. Mm -hmm. And I've got every version of every poster. <laughs> so, yeah, Did I've, you I've get the little it. plastic finger that went on your finger? That no, that wasn't too well made, I didn't think. but No, it was not well made. <laughs> it was a little dirty, but I had that. My, my parents <laughs> my parents are weird. We didn't see the movies. Mm -hmm. I would just get the toys. So I had this thing, and oh, I didn't know funny. what it was, because I didn't see the movie. Yeah, you lived in the middle of nowhere, uh, well, I should say. Uh, uh, is it NECA? Is that the name of uh, NECA, the company the that, makes, uh, that makes all the toys? <laughs> uh, um, like, just uh, three years ago for the 30th anniversary of E.T., they made these, what I thought were the best like figurines of him done yet and everything, which was, oh, it was really cool. But then they also made later that year um, this life-size version of E.T. that was latex and looked amazing. So I had to break down and get it. Yeah. So I, I do have, I do have, uh, he's the closest thing I have a, to a pet right now. I'm not, not, not really, I'm just joking. We have our but I, I have a, I have a life, life size ET in, in my, in my that place. That sounds great. We just have a, <laughs> we have a blow up my big fat liar, Paul Giamatti. That's yeah. not nearly as cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So is Spielberg your favorite director? Yeah, uh, yeah, he is. Yeah, that's why I'm so excited that he has a new film coming out this fall with uh, Bridge of Spies with Tom Hanks. Yeah. And, and like within two weeks of my other favorite, Robert Zemeckis, doing, you know, the the narrative version of Man on Wire, AO, yeah. which just looks amazing. So October is going to be I I can't wait. Oh, I'm so glad <laughs> Zemeckis is back from the animated movies. Oh oh, the motion capture ones. And yeah yeah, yeah those are okay. It's but a it's a different it's a different aesthetic. But um, flight is so great. It's like oh mm -hmm. we came right this this is what we've been missing since Castaway. Come on yeah yeah. But no, yeah. also do, I don't know if you've have you seen Man on Wire the oh yeah, yeah it's and, amazing. Have, have you read Philippe Petit's book about uh, the no, original, but I should because that dude is like, I, I crack. actually listen I to him he's, he's so addicted. I just read it about a month ago and it's it's so just inspiring that he's just doing this because it's this beautiful thing he wants to achieve. You know he doesn't want anything else from it. It's yeah. just this thing which I, I kind of conquer it. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of like, you know, it reminded me of like the what the people at Make a Wish do and everything too. It's like mm -hmm. just trying to do something beautiful, though he was trying to do more of something artistic, you know, as opposed to for people. But, um, but yeah, it's just now, there's, something, there's something very amazing. noble about that whole thing to me. I don't know. I can't even find the words. And for I, it, and I could give a damn about 3D, but I, I think I have to see the walk in 3D. That's going to be that is going to go be amazing. The, 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 
the man on wire, they have no footage of the walk between the twin towers. They had a sixty millimeter but camera I still up there. Got they, had no time, they had no time to get to it. I still had vertigo. <laughs> well, just they, from they the were photos. Like, they were about to like get arrested. Like this point, it's like okay, just stills, and then the guy had to run. You know, like because yeah. the if you read the book, you have the, they, they had all the equipment for that there, but they just you know wow. they lost manpower, and so like there were people who left on them and stuff and screwed them over, and so it was just a very bare bones crew that was left on the on the the tops of the buildings, and then they had to get the hell out of there. So that's all they have are stills, but the stills are great. Yeah. Now, I'm going to bring this up, but... Uh, what did you see this week? Yeah, we don't have a whole lot of time for this. But, because uh, I, I saw Bad Kid Begins, we talked plenty about that. What else? Did you saw Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? I we did, I did. And uh, what um, else have you, uh, have I you seen? I watched 9 to 5. Because <laughs> we're doing the musical, and I just wanted to see, again, revisit it. That is a wackadoodle movie. That's very 80s. Very 1980s. Very 80s. But I love it. I love 9 to 5 so much. The That's a good movie. Yeah. I, I, when it I was, was a kid, fun. When, when I was a kid, I watched that all the time. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. messed up. That's a weird movie for a kid to be into. I was into that one. And, you understood yeah. the plight of the working woman. I did. I did. I was all Jane Fonda was my connecting all character them. in that one. So funny. Yeah, a week ago Sunday... Um, my buddy Tim Dowling, who actually wrote Pixels, which is coming out in July, the, oh, cool. the big Pac-Man yeah. eating, Pac yeah. eating San Francisco sure. <laughs> movie. It's all about yes. San Francisco. <laughs> it's all about something good needed to happen there between yeah. San Andreas and Pixels. And, yep. and Godzilla, yeah. He, um, he hosts a screening series at USC where we went to school uh, called Movies We Love that he will bring old movies, old movies from the 80s. It's not, it doesn't seem that old to me, but it is. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you know the 90s and stuff like that and bring in the filmmakers and whatnot. And he, for Father's Day, a week ago, Sunday showed Field of Dreams and had Phil Alden oh. Robinson there, and that was wow. that was so cool, and it was so just bizarre and sad too because it was literally the day before James Horner died, yeah. and it was just you know Phil Alden Robinson was sitting there just talking about how they worked on the score and the wow. whole thing, and, and, and it was like oh man I gotta go you know listen to the score separately yeah. again too, and then like the next day it was just oh my god we were just talking about him the day before, oh. and, you know. so it's your Very fault. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> I see. We played some of that score on the show last week uh, and a number of other yeah, yeah. it's a good one bits good of one. his scores man that he was great yeah. Yeah. Did a lot of Star Trek. What's that? Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek Two. We played yeah, that, and yeah. it's entire. We yeah. We're not talking over this one. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was yeah. a challenge, and I mentioned this last week that he had to let everything go that Jerry Goldsmith did, and they mm -hmm. wanted to start from scratch with Nicholas Meyer on that film, musically. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he and, he and he brought a whole new thing to it. Mm -hmm. uh, it was great. Sad. Anybody else see anything, Karen? I know you saw something else. I saw Hector in the Search for ha uh, Happiness. So I went from Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> which I couldn't get unless, of course, I went to the garage, which didn't happen. So instead, I watched Hector and his search for happiness. And I got to tell you, I really, uh, I, I just saw in Inside Out. Yep. And the idea that I loved, that I took away from that, is the idea that you can't just always only be happy. That isn't a way to happiness because you're not really being true to yourself or to others' feelings or living in the world you're not living inside your existence and Hector found out that very same thing that you have to have pain in order to have happiness and you have to have uh, trial in order to understand what it means to be done having that trial and once you acknowledge that I think that's what he's trying to say and I think maybe that is what happiness is is being able to take in the good and bad and at the same time and not just get focused on what's not working even when things aren't going well, you have to just kind of go, okay, well, that's not going well. Now I know that can happen, so let's figure out how to change it or how to deal with it. And it really reminded me of the Pixar movie. So maybe someone's finally on to how to be happy. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. And this is, a, for those who don't know, uh, Simon Pegg. Oh, movie. he's so likable. Oh, yeah. Roseman Pike, and they're mm -hmm. having oh, trouble in their relationship, and he just needs to be happy. He doesn't like work. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, he sets off on a worldwide quest. 
And yeah. yeah, it's an interesting question though, because in the movie he turns to her and says, "Are you happy?" And she's like, "What do you mean?" And, and anytime he would ask somebody, they would be like, "Well, I don't." Uh, they are offended that they're being asked because all of a sudden when someone asks you, are you happy? That's a big fucking question. You know, if you think yeah. about it just for yourselves right now, you kind of have to go, yeah, okay, am I? Because if you're not, then all of a sudden you just feel really bad. And you're like, well, how can I change that, you know? <laughs> I'd want to know what happy meant. I, I would need the definition. See? And I would need a sliding scale, yeah. like, like a pain scale when you go to the ER on a, on a scale of one to ten, how much yeah. pain do you feel? Yeah. So I need no. that for happy. That's, I mean, that's how my brain works. Well, no, I guess good. I'm a four right now, but I have been known to be at a nine, and but sometimes I'm at a two. And that's a good thing, too, yeah. I think I learned from that movie, is there's this woman who's having a problem with pain in the movie, and she's trying to get it back down to a five, and they equate that with your happiness. Like, if you're at a five, what can you do a little bit to get you maybe up to a seven? Yeah. And when you think about that, it's achievable. And no longer do you have to everything be perfect in order to be happy. Uh-huh. And, of course, they show the rich people who are not happy, even though they have everything. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was really good. Very cool. good, Simon cool. Pegg. All right, well, listen, Karen, since oh, you're talking, yes. let's have the triumphant return up. of our weekly celebration <laughs> of the birthdays of those who make the movies. It's Karen's Ooh. birthdays. Here Ooh. we go. I just want to do a really quick shout out because last week was Mindy Kaling's birthday of the Mindy Project and Paul covered the show and didn't do birthdays. So Mindy got dissed and didn't get her birthday recognition on. And I don't even know how old she is or anything, but she's one of my new favorites. So happy birthday, Mindy. Also in a hit movie right now. Yeah, that's right. Because she's doing the voice in Inside Out. Yep. She oh. is hysterical because she's doing that greed. Was Disgust. It? Disgust. Yeah. Very funny. All right, so let's start off our week of birthdays by wishing a very happy birthday to Mr. Mel Brooks. He turns nice. 89, but nice. can play anywhere Good from Lord. a Michigas to a Mensch. Uh, I just want to throw it on real quick. What's your favorite Mel Brooks movies, you guys? Mine's Spaceballs. Blazing Saddles. Right. Anybody else? History of the World, Part Two. Isn't that Mel Brooks? One. Part One. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. I wish there was a Part they Two. They hinted at two. They never made. They it. never yeah, made it, right? Yeah. History of the World. I love that movie. That was great. I'm, I'm between that and the producers. <gasps> oh, I forgot the, the, about the original. The original producers. producers. The original yes. producers. Of course, Doctor Frankenstein. Yeah. You, you can't you just can't. pick one. You oh can't. yeah. Oh, Young Frankenstein. Young too. Frankenstein. I, I, young I, Frankenstein. I can't decide. Yeah. Blazing Saddles. That's great too. I love Rick Moranis. So Spaceballs really stays with me. And and Rick Moranis had a little love this last couple of days on Facebook. There's a meme going around. Um, with that story about how he, his wife died of yes. breast cancer, and so his kids were still young, and he was at the height of his career at that point, but he didn't want his kids to come home and not have him there because they all lived in Chicago. So he moved back home, and he just became a dad. And he has been a dad all this time, and he raised his boys, and now he's slowly, you'll notice, dipping back into voiceover work. So maybe on the horizon might be some Rick Moranis. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he has such a big fan base. Oh, absolutely. Super solid. Next up, let's wish a very happy birthday to John Cusack. He turns 49 but can play anywhere from the underdog to a Chicago guy. And another Chicago guy who I adore. You know, he also played bad guys. Like, I always think of him as Lloyd Dobler and he's adorable people. But he plays a really good psychopath. So that's just something, you know, that bad boy image. He's got that going on. We know him from the movies like Say Anything. He was in 16 Candles and High Fidelity. And he is still going strong, according to IMDb. And, Paul, you're going to find this interesting because you Uh were here for all the movie guys shows. He has a number of movies in production for the upcoming year. And some of them even co-star former guests of our show. 
Do oh, you yes. remember Jennifer Block Bean? Yeah. She will be appearing it with John in Kickback, which is slated to be released next year. So we got her that bump. Now she's working with John Cusack. Yeah. for the movie, movie guys. guys. Or for the movie guys. And also, now this is just rumored, and that's perfect for this guy because when he does things, it's usually just rumored. Lloyd Kaufman is going to be appearing with him in a movie called Cell. That's going to be released next year as Don't well. Know about it. So I'm hoping that perhaps in our seats next will be John Cusack. He also did some <laughs> crazy historical action movie with Jackie Chan. Right. I, I, I didn't write it down because I didn't know how to pronounce now. it. It's like yeah. X-I-A-N-G or something. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a there's a, a, a an English version title, but I can't remember what it's called. But look yeah, for it. Yeah, that's coming up too. Like His IMDb, him? he's yeah. got a ton of stuff coming out next year. And uh, we all know the Cole Cusack family that they, Cusack family, are thespians, especially Joan, his sister. So they've appeared in 10 movies together. I challenge you, movie guys, can you come up with at least five movies they yes. were in together? 16 Candles. Right? 16 everyone Candles knows, is everyone, one. Everyone knows. Uh huh. Yes. Um, so we have 16 Candles. One, yes. Right. Did you say you guys are 16 doing great. Candles? You guys are doing awesome. Oh, I know one. I know, I yeah, know, I yeah. Know. 16 Candles. Uh huh. Yeah, that's very good. How about Paul's favorite movie? High Fidelity. Uh, Wait, High Fidelity, yes, that's another one. This movie, I did not believe it to be true, but I checked. Your favorite Albert Brooks movie? Broadcast News? Yes. John Cusack's in that? He's got a really small part, and his sister's in it, obviously. Oh, yeah, his sister's right? in it. Right? When, when is he in Broadcast News? They said he was a reporter. I've huh. never seen him. Oh, okay, huh. Must be some just, yeah, I was on the say, hey, get in there and Maybe. The huddled masses of reporters <laughs> and do something weird. Okay. And then also, they said, say anything. Oh, she is in that. Yeah. She's the he, she's his sister. She's his yeah. sister. <laughs> I thought for sure you would get that one. And um, now I don't know class, so I don't know if you guys know oh, that yeah. one. But the, remember in, ni- in 99, yeah. they did The Cradle of Rock. That had a lot of celebrities yeah, and people in it. Yeah, I remember that movie. So yeah. that's kind of one of those. And Gross Point Blank. I was, oh, going, yes. I was thinking huh? that was one of them. Yeah. We are right? bad movie You guys. are bad movie guys. And something called Martian Child. I don't know what that is. And War Incorporated. That was in 08. And then Grandview USA. They were Whoa, in that together. Did, what? Is, that the, is that that old Patrick Swayze movie? I don't, yeah. I don't know what that is, Good but Lord. I uh, did not look into that one. In his free time, now this is fun. You ready? In his free time, he likes to go helicopter snowboarding when you take yourself up onto a mountain on a helicopter and you snowboard. And I am not kidding you. He has a black belt in kickboxing. Wow. Kickboxing. I heard of kickboxing, sport of the future. I can see by your face, no. My point is you can relax because... Your daughter will be safe with me for the next seven, eight hours, sir. Do you think he started doing kickboxing because of Say Anything? I don't know. Kickboxing. I would hope so. Sport of the future. Made sure me very many happy. Did. Why not him? Why not him? And lastly, let's wish a very, very happy birthday to a funny lady whose star burned out a little too quickly. And I think it's kind of cool. I didn't put this together until we started talking about Mel Brooks and uh, working with Gilda Radner's husband. Mm. We're going to wish a happy birthday to her. She can play anything, anywhere from sweet with an edge to edgy with a little sweet side. I used to watch Gilda Radner when I was a kid. And so I used to sneak into the living room and watch her when I was really little. And my brothers would have friends over and they would tell me to get lost. But I realized if I started impersonating Gilda Radner, Radner, then all of a sudden they all enjoyed that so I could hang out a little longer. <laughs> and I think that's where I learned that if you're funny, people want to hang out with you. I did a comedy show one time and, and I was doing a set. It was a sketch and uh, someone came up to me after. And this is after she had, shortly after she had passed. Mm-hmm. Um, she, um, or actually not shortly, after she passed anyway. Um, someone said, you're like a, you're, you're like the new Gilda Radner, which it was just like so inspirational for oh, me. Yeah. To keep to, of course, I'm not. <laughs> uh, that's not what I do for a living. But it was just like the best compliment anyone 
had ever given me. I love her so much. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think that um, her transition into film was kind of a bummer because I don't think that she was alive long enough for that transition to completely happen. But I love that she married Gene Wilder. Mm-hmm. That is so great. Very yep. good girl. But uh, I always love to hear celebrities sing. Paul, you know that about me. That's true. Yes. You know, there are two things people know about Karen. <laughs> what are those? One is she secretly wants to uh, save Los Angeles dressed as Deadpool. I definitely do want to do that. And the other is she loves when celebrities I sing. I love when celebrities sing, especially when they sing Dirty Ditties, written by Michael O'Donohue. So here's a little bit of Gilda Radner singing from Gilda Live, the Broadway show from 1989 or 90. This is Talk Dirty Way to the Animals. Then, yeah, yeah, was yeah, it? Like 1980. There you go. Yeah, jump back another 10 years. Woo! And she wrote this song because Michael Donahue wanted to write something that was based on a childlike story or something very sweet. And so they wrote this together about what would happen if you said fuck you to animals instead of adorable things. <laughs> they have cheer a long time. You could start wrapping oh, it up. Top of the show, I <laughs> yeah. guess, for her. Just taking the stage for the first time. Thank you. Uh, so that wraps another movie showcast. Together with the movie guys, individually, we're... Karen Volby. Audrey Kearns. Oh, <laughs> oh, here we go. Good morning with a cock-a-doodle-doo. Good morning. A horse's neigh is just his way of saying how are you. A lion growls hello and owls ask why and where and who. May I suggest you get undressed and show them your wazoo? Oh, the animals, the animals. Let's talk dirty to the animals. Fuck you, Mr. Bunny. Eat shit, Mr. Bear. I auditioned for a show with this song and got cast. Well, you'll leave an impression for sure. sure. That's <laughs> and then I also made the mistake of auditioning for another show with this song. And I thought they said a reverent look at the Bible. So I said, what's more reverent than this song? They looked at their paper when I was done and no one made eye contact with me. And they said, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Never been back. All right, well, listen, follow us at, uh, at The Movie Guys on Twitter for daily jokes and links. Also at Facebook.com slash The Movie Guys. Get our show on iTunes, Vimeo, YouTube, SoundCloud, whatever. And we're also on Funny or Die, Instagram, LinkedIn, all that shit. Thanks to Kirk Kenny. Yay, Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. you want to know about Batman be- or Bat Kid Begins, woo, uh, <laughs> batkidbegins.com. Mm-hmm. Is there uh, elsewhere to uh, Batkidbegins.com. We'll have all the venues where it's playing, so you can find tickets there. Uh, it's on Twitter, at batkidbegins, uh, facebook.com slash batkidbegins. You know, you can... Connected the the hashtag everybody uses is Bat Kid Begins. Hash, you know, so all that stuff. And, and following I, you know. and following you. Uh, and and my I'm at Kurt Kenny, or which is spelled K U R T K U E N N E because it doesn't sound like it at all. <laughs> it's, it's anglicized German. Uh, so uh, on Twitter, uh, on Facebook, it's uh, Kurt Kenny filmmaker, and my website is just my name.com. It's K U R T K U E N N N. Excuse me, K-U-R-T-K-U-E-N-N-E.com. It is hard to spell, <laughs> isn't it? Uh-huh. Yes. And we didn't get enough time to talk about uh, Shuffle, but it's on Netflix uh, for uh, on I DVD, don't know, I think. It's, yeah, I don't know that yeah. it's streaming anymore. I believe it's still on Amazon uh, Prime, uh, I believe. 
And I know, you know the DVD is certainly out there, and Netflix has the DVD. I believe IndieFlix is going to start offering the black and white edition of it because that was the way it played film festivals is in black and white and then the streaming versions have all been in color the, the black and white is on the DVD it's meant to be seen in black and white but the color works fine too but uh, Indie Flicks is supposed to start offering the black and white version streaming pretty soon I've heard too. of that, that site so, that's yeah. cool for things just like that yeah exactly and yeah, then um, yeah. Dear Zachary and other things we didn't have enough time to get to but yeah, we're going to Dear, talk about Dear Zachary's kids. on Netflix okay. Bad <laughs> yeah. Kids out there now yes. in theaters so you want to go check it out because yes. it's tons of fun yes. also go and to if it's not where you are now it should be hopefully within the next two to four weeks cool right so, geekgirlauthority.com yeah. geek where you can go see what Audrey's up to mm-hmm. what else for you any um, Twitter handles at Audrey Kearns Geek Girl Authority handles at Geek Girl Off because we thought I'd take up too many characters if sure. we did yeah, they, put, put they, the they orgy like in there they don't you like know. characters over there. Yeah. And uh, Facebook at the slash uh, Geek Girl Authority. KarenVolpe.com, TheBooBaySisters.com, sure. uh, DigitalMindProductions.com. All that crazy stuff is out there waiting for you to explore when you're done listening to the show. <laughs> uh, also, thanks to Steve Scholes for his writing contributions to the show every week. And as always, we owe everything to Pat Pat Peach. Peach. Next Thank week, you, Karen Pat. will be happy she's returned to the show as we have a new Sandra Bullock movie. She's a voice in Minions. That'll be next week. Nice. We'll talk to you then. Thanks, nice. Kurt. Thank you. Yay.